What's up, everybody? It is Friday, November 5th. You are listening to the Pat McAfee Show 2.0. Pat had to hop on a plane for Friday Night Smackdown in Evansville, Indiana tonight at 8 p.m. on Fox. Massive show today. It's going to be everywhere. Aaron Rodgers was on, plus Ariel Helwani, J.J. Redick, and Pat and A.J. Hawk go through the entire NFL slate this weekend and make their picks. Let's get into it. Today's going to be a massive day. Yeah. All right? Today's a big day. Huge. There's going to be a lot of things that are talked about during today's show that are probably going to be talked about for our show forever. Mm -hmm. There's going to be people that have never listened to our show ever that are going to be introduced to us today, I do believe. And it's not because we have J.J. Reddick on the show. Whoa! Whoa! Hey, baseball? Basketball? What? What? Sports? What? Sports? What? Sports? What? Give me a cricket player. What? Maybe even a hurling. What? Need an Aussie Rules football player. What? We're not going to do all that, but we are (laughs) dabbling into fellow podcast world. Okay. JJ Reddick recently retired of the NBA after a hell of a run, but that is not what I was referring to when I was saying, hey, there's going to be people that are going to be introduced to the tank top stooge and the sports stooges today because of something that's going to happen. It's not because... Jabron Area Hawani. Oh, come on. Fucking hey. There's a big fight. Here? There's a big couple fights tomorrow. Oh, that's right. Gross. Hey, and uh, Usman Covington. Hey, Usman. And they pushed each other, and Dana White, ah! That's yeah. actually what he did. Mm-hmm. Ah! It was awesome. Uh-huh. Dana White was ready to fucking go. It wasn't fucking Friday, but it was close. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. almost said, fuck yeah. it out there. It's not because Hawani's coming back to tell us what we should be looking forward to tomorrow. Ariel Hawani, the independent. Journalist who works for 10 people. Quote, unquote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of independent, not really. Kind of goes against us Mondays and Wednesdays on a network's YouTube. Clown. Mm-hmm. Uh, but always be a friend of the show. Of oh, course. Yeah. Enjoy talking to him. And he's got a big brain. Sure. So whenever he tells us stuff, we at least feel a little bit smart. It's not because Ariel Hawani is on today's show that people are going to talk about. It's not because Coach JB will be back after the full technological breakdown we had last week when we were all in costumes and the universe said, hey, don't ever fucking do this again (laughs) in every camera, bro. It's not because of that. And sadly, it's not because an official announcement is about to be made. Mm -hmm. This is not the reason... Our show will be introduced to people that have never watched or listened before, but this is something that will be chatted about for a long time in this particular business's history. After what occurred last evening, Mm -hmm. I have no other option because I enjoy my life. Yeah. I like to have fun with my life. Mm -hmm. Me too. I hate feeling bad. In my life. Right. Yes. That hatred for feeling bad leads me to do a lot of things so that I don't have to feel bad. Whether that makes me a better person whenever I'm in public and I go take a leak somewhere and I'm definitely going to go wash my hands for the entire 20 seconds because I don't want this person to talk shit and make my parents look like they're a bunch of barn animals and they raise <laughs> even though I potentially want to get out of here just like everybody else and drop the old head. Like, though, this is... A lot of the things I do is because I don't want to make anybody or feel anything like that. So this is probably a decision that a lot of people who have known me through my years saw coming. Effective immediately. I am putting an end 
to the risk-free same game parlay Thursday night football Thursday situation. Oh, what? Yep. Have to do it. Forever? Needed to be done. Need to do it. I fucking love the NFL season. Mm-hmm. Mm, me too. I love it. Everybody knows I love it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't really know anything about anything else, to be honest. True. It's kind of sad. Have a sports show. Talked to Dansby Swanson yesterday. I didn't know that guy existed. <laughs> He's fucking awesome. <laughs> Number one overall pick. Should have probably known that guy existed at some point. Legend, stallion, big brain. I had no idea. I love the NFL. Have always loved the NFL. And especially now, with what our show is and has become and how fortunate I am to be here, when those off-seasons are happening, all I look forward to is NFL season. Hell yeah. That's right. That's all, oh my God, it's right around the corner. How many months? Three months? Woo! That's nothing. Remember, we're saying that. Oh, yeah. We are saying it's three, four months. Oh, it's right around the corner. That's it. Hey, we're at the draft. We're at the combine. What? We're at the draft. OTAs. Hey, you know, training camp's like six weeks out. Yeah. It's like, ah, literally everything is shaped towards there's an NFL season around the corner. I can't wait for it. And I've been enjoying this, especially after everything we've been through, you know, as a world, as a society, fans back in stadiums. It is amazing. It's majestic. It's even more awesome than I could have ever fathomed because there was a moment where everything was taken from us. So you have to take real joy in the things that you once loved a little bit more, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Then these Thursday nights start coming around. Oh, man. Okay. In the risk-free same-game parlay every Thursday night was potentially my idea. This is what I would like to do. Okay? You guys love same-game parlay. Your tech at FanDuel is amazing for the same-game parlay. They add in the popular same-game parlays. I have an idea. I'd like to put in a parlay every single week. But I would like our people to not worry about it losing. Yes. I would like them to come on in and do the, you know, potentially win 151 week, 140. 40. Last night was 110, I think, or 106 off of a $10 risk free bet. Now, you had to opt in, and there was a, an agreement on what the odds could be between, and the odds had to stay at this certain odds even after everybody gets it, even after 44,000 people yeah. are on it. These odds have to remain this high. It has to be this many legs. So this was a real, you know, this is a real conversation between FanDuel and I about how we go about accomplishing this. Oh, yeah. And I was pumped for it. Just like the rest of the NFL season, I was fucking pumped for oh, it. Yeah. And we first got a couple tastes of the risk-free same-game parlay, and I feel like we we're crafting same-game parlays into a better fashion of, you know, we need this uh, same-game parlay to last, okay? Mm-hmm. So it can't be anything that we put in there that potentially ends in the first quarter from one play, yes. okay? Can't have, a, can't have any running backs under, right. can't have anything like that, because one missed block or one, instead of going to this gap, just one person going to this gap, and that's fucking out the gate. Same game parlay's dead. Yep. So you have to whittle it down. Okay, what, what's still alive? What can we, you know, in, in baseball, I guess, you know, a big baseball show, talk to old... Old Dano! Talked to him last night, yesterday, you know. You know, but when you're adding that bat and you're fouling balls away, you know, I guess that happens. Oh, yeah. I saw it happen in uh, one of the baseball games I mm-hmm. watched this year, so it was either in that fucking farm field or one of the big ones. Yeah. Yep. But they it was like a, a 15 pitch or something like that. Like that's what this, 
We need the same game parlay to continue to live. Like Stay alive. It has to be a survivor. It had to be tough. It had to have an opportunity to hit at any given moment. And I'll tell you what, we were fucking really close. Mm-hmm. Yep. Heartbreakingly close. Yep. Tom Brady. Beep. 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 Backing the fuck up on his kneel downs after hitting the over on his rushing yards, which was one and a half yards. God, Tom. And he had three yards. Then he takes two kneel downs at the end. It goes down to one yard. But then his third kneel down, he goes back to the line of scrimmage because he wanted to have at least one yard. But he didn't need to have one and a half yard, did he? No. Heartbreaking. That would have cost Vandal like $9 million or something like that. Damn it. Then we had a bad night. We've had a couple bad nights, but... I think normally the same game parlay was on the right throw. And then last night we were in the building. We knew Jonathan Taylor was going to have a big evening. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Taylor is a superstar. Yeah. Beast. Jonathan Taylor was sharing the ball last year in a crowded backfield with very talented players. Wilkins, Naeem Hines, Marlon Mack, Jonathan Taylor. There was a loaded backfield last year. Then towards the end of the season, it felt like 28 was starting to get the ball more. And I think everybody that was a Colts fan was like, oh, oh, oh. So this guy at Wisconsin that we seen down here at Lucas Oil Stadium whenever he was here every fucking year, basically, for the Big Ten Championship. And he's just an absolute superstar. Got accepted into Harvard. This guy, oh, his game's going to transition into the NFL. Now, this is the men's league. So you never know what's going to happen. Couple big hits. You don't know how everybody's going to be able to handle it. Jonathan Taylor, AFC Offensive Player of the Month for a team that was below 500. So that is saying something. Absolutely dominated last night. We knew it. We knew it. Yep. Two tuds. Easy. Picked that up early. Mm -hmm. Colts minus five and a half. I mean, we could have went bigger, I guess, in hindsight. But we we didn't know what Mike White was going to do. Let me tell you what Mike White did. He had like four or five completions for 96 yards or something like that. Yeah. First play of the game. They kick off literally right where we're sitting. Shout out to Robert Mathis for those seats. Shout out. Gridiron gang. That's his, uh, his camps he's running where they are providing next level training for people that would have never expected to have that type of thing. Shout out to the Gridiron gang. We're a part of it. We have contributed to it, and I'm very lucky for that. But those tickets were amazing. So we literally got to see right on the field, basically, what was going on. That first play when Magic Mike White Lightning took that ball, whoop, pulled that thing, went back this way, and then threw across his body. It was 23 yards in front of us, maybe. He looked so smooth. Mm -hmm. It looked like he was very comfortable, very confident. The ball came out perfect uh, trajectory, perfect spin, completion. And I was literally like, Oh, no. Okay, so this guy's a fucking player. Then all of a sudden, forearm injury. He's out. I'm like, okay, the minus five and a half is going to be good. The Colts start pulling away. But then the Jets start knocking a little bit. Josh Johnson, who's played in every single professional football league that there is, throws for like 500 yards and three tuds or something. What the fuck's going on there? It never felt like the five and a half wasn't safe. It never probably felt like the 10 and a half wasn't safe. But man, as the Jets kept scoring and Carson Wentz kept putting his helmet on and going back on the field, we knew that 225 plus for that son of a bitch was oh, no problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Easy. Getting a chance to see him on the field, by the way, he walks as if he just got off a horse. <laughs> I mean, he is a big lumberman. He's a fucking massive guy. Galvin. Ditch. He is massive. And he's just walking. Just, it really looks like he just. Like he has no idea. 
He had four different injuries, I think, last night. You guys probably didn't know, but I don't know if you saw it on TV. He'd be in between plays, and he'd be, like, holding his ribs. He could hit the uh, nuts, I yeah. think. Yeah, I think he had that a couple mm -hmm. times. And, and then every once in a while, you'll see him, like, shake something off. And then he tried, whenever they had Jonathan Taylor take the direct snap, I don't know if they showed Carson Wentz. He tried to chop block. He tried to go get oh, it. Yeah. He put his head in front of a guy. It's like, okay, this guy's a football player. He's large. He's going to do his thing. 225 plus, no problem. Michael Pittman Jr., I think he's fourth in the NFL right now, or uh, Carson Wentz and Michael Pittman Jr. right now is a tandem, are fourth in the NFL right now as tandems. Damn. Yeah. We showed that's that on NFL kickoff, whatever, Joe Thomas and him. Yep. And I was like, oh, and Steve Smith, who is a oh, yeah. savage. Doesn't care. Yeah. Oh, my. Hey, look, where's the camera? Hey, this because of you, dude. You fucking stink. That was insane. They showed it, though. Fourth in the NFL as a tandem. No T.Y. Hilton. They're going to get going. And guess what? He had it. He was out the gate. From my view, I saw his back, and I saw daylight. And I was about to jump up on the thing that we were standing on and lose my fucking mind because the same game parlay would have hit in Lucas Oil Stadium at the same damn time I'm in Lucas Oil Stadium. We're actually setting up flights. In it. Next game's in Miami. Baltimore, yeah. Miami. We're actually setting up, hey, we're going to go to every fucking one when this hits. And then all of a sudden, tick, 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 tick. Carson misses Michael Pittman on one. There's two guys in the same area. Who ran the wrong route? Who cares? All I know is Michael Pittman did not catch the fucking ball six yards short he's still a stud same game parlay officially risk-free same game parlay thursday night football thursday officially dead oh moment of silence before we get to our guest please thank you same game parlay. thank you thursday night football thursdays you 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 were exhilarating yeah you were heartbreaking hmm. you made me laugh you made me smile, but more importantly, you made me cry a lot. Yeah, that's right. And that's why you're fucking dead, dude. Never to see you again. See and I'm sorry to everybody that lost those risk-free bets. I wish we would have been able to make those, uh, those dollars back. Now we got to go back to the think tank and come up with some other way to beat FanDuel so we can all make money. Hell yeah. Once again, let's remember, FanDuel does not own us. We are trying to take more of their money, yeah. mm -hmm. just like everybody else. Joining us from an attic in Ohio, he drives with both feet, he sleeps while behind the wheel, and he pumps his gas while that car is still on somehow. He's living in the same world that you and I live in. That would be a miracle, but then you find out he's the all-time leading tackler for the Green Bay Packers, a Super Bowl champion, a college football national champion, and now the coach of the Clemson Tigers, a Little League football team in which he teaches them to tackle with the crown of their helmet every single night. Ladies and gentlemen, zero documented concussion having A.J. Hawk. What's up, dude? What's up, guys? Hey, I'm okay with everything but you telling people I'm teaching kids to tackle with the crown. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not doing that. Okay, I'm sorry. It's a different time. You're a great coach. The Clemson Tigers are a great team. You would never do that. Now, with all that being said, AJ, there's been a lot to do about what's potentially about to happen. Oh, no, maybe not. Hmm. Uh-oh. What happened? It's time for our show to get serious. <laughs> okay? Put these glasses on so when these clips inevitably get circulated, people at least have a little bit of a hint that I have some sort of brain activity. 
because although I do wear a tank top and AJ looks the way he looks while smoking 15 cigars an hour, right? we get a chance to have conversations with people that go into depth that is not normally found. We get a chance to chit-chat with people because they're talking to people that they think are definitely dumber than them and, and have probably done things much stupider than they have. So I think we get a chance to learn things about people and have conversations that nobody else has. And I think that is an advantage to being a stooge, which we all are. Yeah. With that being said, this group of stooges has been tasked with a conversation about the topic that has been captivating the globe. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us right now, a man you might have heard of, the current reigning, defending, undisputed MVP of the NFL, Green Bay Packers quarterback, Aaron Rod. Yay! Yay! Woo! Hey, Rod. Hey, guys. How you doing? I'm, I'm good. First things first, uh, how are you doing? Is everything okay? Or how, how are the symptoms? Do we feel good? What's going on? Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm doing really well. Uh, big thanks to everybody that reached out, checked on me the last couple of days. Uh, felt really good. You know, heard from so many teammates, former teammates, uh, coaches, members of the organization, friends, uh, both yourselves. Thank you guys for that. Hey, no problem. Uh, so definitely, uh, definitely appreciate all the love and support. Okay, good. Let's get right to it. All right, I feel like uh, what we have been able to, you know, I don't want to say build with you in your incredible, you know, just how nice you are with your time with us every single Tuesday. People have learned a lot about you through this show, and I'm very thankful for that. Every Tuesday, I think a lot of thoughts were potentially changed about you. People that once thought something about you changed after hearing you speak. So whenever all this information came out, there was a lot of haters out there, obviously, that immediately started bearing you, but there was a lot of people that listened to you on Tuesdays that say, hey, he's actually an incredibly deep person, an incredibly intelligent person, uh, somebody that you would actually like. There has to be reasons for everything that we're hearing about right now. So I appreciate you so much for this incredible honor that we have uh, to potentially allow you to have a platform and a floor to explain your side of this whole thing. And uh, I can't wait to hear it. We're incredibly lucky for it. The floor is yours, Mr. Rogers. <laughs> uh, thank you, buddy. Um, Good water. Good water drink. It's going to be a while. I realize I'm in the crosshairs of the woke mob right now. So before my final nail gets put in my cancel culture uh, casket, I think I'd like to set the record straight on so many of the uh, blatant lies that are out there about myself right now. Um, and I appreciate the opportunity to tell my side of the story on here. First of all, I didn't lie in the initial press conference. Uh, during that time, it was a very, uh, you know, witch hunt uh, that was going on across the league where everybody in the media was so concerned about who was vaccinated and who wasn't and what that meant and who was being selfish and who would talk about it and what it meant if they said it's a personal decision, they should, shouldn't have to disclose their own uh, medical information and whatnot. And at the time, my plan was to say that I've been immunized. Um, it wasn't uh, some sort of ruse or lie, it was the truth. And I'll get into the whole immunization in, in a second. But uh, had there been a follow-up to my statement that I've been immunized, I would have responded uh, with this. I would have said, look, um, 
I'm not, uh, you know, some sort of anti-vax flat earther. Um, I, I am somebody who's a critical thinker. Uh, you guys know me. I march to the beat of my own drum. I believe strongly in bodily autonomy and the ability to make choices for your body, not to have to acquiesce to some woke culture or crazed, you know, group of individuals who say you have to do something. Health is not a one-size-fits-all for everybody. And for me, it involved a lot of study in the off-season, much like the study I put into Host and Jeopardy or the weekly study I put into Playing in the Game. I put a lot of time and energy and research and met with a lot of different people in the medical field to get the most information about the vaccines before making a decision. And in actuality, it was pretty easy in the beginning to eliminate two of them. And it didn't involve going into the questionable history of some of their uh, criminal activities and fraud cases or any of that stuff. Huh. It was simply the fact that I have uh, an allergy to an ingredient that's in the mRNA vaccines. So on the CDC's own website, it says, should you have an allergy to any of the ingredients, you should not get one of the mRNA vaccines. So those two were out already. So my only option was Johnson & Johnson. At this time, in the early spring, I had heard of multiple people who had had adverse events around getting the J&J. Nothing that was, no deaths or anything, but just some really difficult uh, times and physical uh, uh, abnormalities around uh, the J&J shot. And then in mid-April, the J&J shot got pulled for clotting issues, if you remember that, right? So the J&J shot was not even an option at that point. So then my options became, okay, what can I do to protect myself and my teammates um, if there's not one of the big three options for me in my own body? And so I looked into and talked again to a lot of medical individuals um, and professionals and found that there was an immunization protocol that I could go to to best protect myself and my teammates. And it was a long-term protocol uh, that involved uh, you know, multiple months and um, I'm very, uh, you know, proud of the research that went into that, um, and uh, you know the, the individuals that I met with, and we felt like it was what was best for me. It was not again something that the league didn't know about. The league was fully aware of it uh, upon my return uh, to the Packers, and it was at that point that I petitioned them to accept my immunization status. Uh, as under their vaccination protocol. Now, um, at the time, they had only had the, the big three was what they're going to do. And if you weren't uh, in the vaccinated category, you were uh, you were in a different category, which involved uh, some draconian uh, measures and protocols that you would have to adhere to, um, which, in my opinion, were not based on science. It were more based in a shame-based environment to try and get as many guys to get vaccinated as possible so that the league looks better uh, to the rest of the world. That was the focus um, of these, you know, protocols, which I'll get into um, in, when, I, when I finish this diatribe here um, about the petition. So I petitioned the league. Uh, initially, they returned and said, no, you'll be in the unvaccinated category. And I also said, how come there's no exemptions for medical exemptions? Uh, religious exemptions, pre-existing conditions, 
And they basically said, look, those are all basically exempted, but you would be put in the non-vaccinated category. Uh, and I'll get into what that meant from a scheduling standpoint shortly, but uh, there wasn't any way of getting around that in their mind. So after they came back and said, no, you, you're unvaxxed, I said, okay, I'm going to appeal this. Um, and so we went through the process, uh, which was a multi-week process, um, where I asked them for time to gather information. I gathered over 500 pages of research um, on the efficacy of immunizations, uh, all the latest research um, surrounding my case, everything from mask wearing to um, to uh, the efficacy of the vaccines and the duration of the um, antibodies, just all the latest research, right, that, that I was getting uh, from my medical team. And in that process, we had many conversations. I enjoyed the conversation with the league. It was, it was good sharing. But one in particular stood out when I knew I was not going to win this. I had a meeting, and they said, one of the main docs said, it's impossible for a vaccinated person to get COVID or spread COVID. And at that point, I knew that, uh, you know, I was definitely not going to win the appeal. And it was, it was very shortly thereafter that denied, which we know now that's, that information is totally false that was given to me. Um, you know, my desire to immunize myself was what was best for my body. And that's why this is so important to me. Um, my medical team advised me that the danger I began to get of an adverse event was greater than the risk of getting COVID and recovering. So I made a decision that was an investment of my body. You know, I don't, not telling somebody to not get vaccinated or to get vaccinated. I think you should do what's in the best interest of your body. If you're scared of, of, uh, of COVID or if you have uh, comorbidities, then getting vaccinated is probably in your best option. But if you have immunocompromised system or if you have pre-existing conditions, then make the decision that's in your best interest. And that's what I did. I made the decision that was in my best interest. Um, and the, the other part to it is that, and I've talked about this, on I think, on the show before, but the next great chapter of my life, I believe, is being a father. And it's something that I care about a lot. And to my knowledge, there has been zero long-term studies around uh, sterility or fertility issues uh, around the vaccines. So that was definitely something that I was worried about, um, and that went through my mind. Now, obviously, having uh, you know an allergy to an ingredient it took me off of being able to, to take the mRNA anyway. But that, even if I didn't have that, that would be something that would give me a little bit of pause because we don't know what the long-term effects of these are. There's still clinical trials going on through 2023. So to just like when people just say, "Oh, just get the jab, just get the jab," well, um, first of all, everybody's body is different. Number one, and second of all, there's a lot of things we don't know about this. So, so that's, that's just one thing I really want to stress there. And again, the organization knew exactly what my status was. My teammates knew exactly what my status was. There was uh, nothing that was hidden. Um, during the time uh, of preseason was during the time of the appeal. I thought actually at various times I was going to win the appeal. Um, uh, and I think that people said I didn't wear a mask during the preseason. Um, 
but I don't, I mean, some of the rules to me are not based in science at all. They're based purely in trying to out and shame people, like needing to wear a mask uh, at a podium when every person in the room is vaccinated and wearing a mask makes no sense to me. If you got vaccinated to, you know, to protect yourself from a virus that I don't have as an unvaccinated individual, then why are you worried about anything that I can give you? And let me let me hit on protocols now because that's obviously been out there as well. I have followed every single protocol to a T, minus that one I just mentioned, which makes absolutely no sense to me. Um, but my my daily routine is the routine of an unvaccinated person, which is I have to you know test early before you know starting the season. Vaccinated people test once every two weeks, non-vaccinated once a day, which, again, that's not based in science at all. You know, you can have vaccinated people who actually carry and spread the virus, uh, not testing for two weeks, and non-vaccinated people are the safest people in the building because we're the ones who are testing every single day and wearing masks the entire time. But instead, we're being made to think that we're the dangerous ones, we're the super spreaders, uh, when in fact we're the most intense by our body every single day, but these protocols that we have, we we uh, we've had to go through. I test every single day, 5 a.m. on uh, noon games as well. Which I don't understand why 5 a.m. But 5 a.m. in the morning on noon games, uh, you test in the morning, and before you can go in the facility, you got to wait in your car uh, for 30 to 40 minutes to so give you the okay to go in. Non-vaccinated or vaccinated people test and just go right in. Uh, so we had somebody test the other day. Vaccinated person tests goes in, has breakfast, test positive, uh, and then, oh shit, bummer! He just had breakfast with five people. Um, wait in my car, mask every day in the facility, so I mask up every single day in the facility. Physically distance from from everybody else. I have major travel restrictions, so I can't leave the hotel. Um, can't have dinner with teammates, even though I tested negative that morning to even get on the flight. Um, the only people I see at the hotel are uh, vaccinated people. Good catch. Happy uh, COVID hasn't caught your uh, instincts. Yeah. The only people I see at the hotel are vaccinated people. Um, but uh, I have to wear a mask the entire time. I can't see anybody. Can't see anybody after the game. Uh, I work out off to the side in the weight room in a mask. Again, there's been any studies about the efficacy of uh, masks uh, for workouts or the higher levels of CO2 inhaled during workouts and how it affects performance and body function. Um, not allowed to use the sauna or the steam room. I have to wear a yellow wristband at all times, basically shouting to the world, I'm uh, uncleaned and unvaxxed. Um, and in this situation now, I'm 10 days off regardless of tests or symptoms. So I'm sitting here uh, two days in. Uh, I had some symptoms Tuesday night, tested positive Wednesday morning. Not didn't feel great yesterday. I'll get into what I've been doing, but I feel really good today. Um, this is Friday. Uh, it is. But Perfect. 10 days off regardless, where a vaccinated person um, just has to have two back-to-back uh, negative tests. When it comes to the science again for non-vaccinated, it came up last week because Alan Lazard was a close contact to uh, Devontae Adams, and Alan uh, is, is not vaxxed. And the other obviously tried to cancel him for that, but they also didn't bring up the fact that he tested negative every single day. So 
just because he was close contact and not vaxxed, this is what the league has done, is they've made it, you know, hard for people, uh, you know, to, to have a decision because, well, well you're, you know, you're a close contact. That means you're out for five days. Not based on any science other than we're going to just keep this propaganda narrative going that unvaccinated people are the uh, most dangerous people in society. Um, so, uh, and again, can I ask know, some, can I ask some questions here now? Can yeah, I, let me finish up here. I'm got it. Done. Got it. I just want to say, you know, that is what the media has been trying to do. They're trying to shame and out, uh, and cancel all of us non-vaccinated people call us selfish. Yeah. I mean, that's the propaganda line too. Now you're selfish for making a decision that's in the best interest of your body. Now I've already spelled out, which I shouldn't have to, but I've already spelled out the issues of my own personal body and my own personal health, right? That, uh, you know, I have issues related to ingredients in the, P- in, in the, uh, in the mRNA vaccines, uh, that the J&J got pulled, not to mention the numerous issues with the J&J vaccine to this day, um, that I went out and on my own paid for and did research and, and went out and did, um, an immunization protocol that's been used, uh, homeopathy has been around for centuries and uh, the doctors that I consulted with have been doing this for decades. Uh, the same type of stuff for children and and, and adults who have immunocompromisation. Uh, they have pre-existing conditions or reasons that they cannot take traditional vaccines. Um, the league didn't offer any opportunity for uh, you know, alternative uh, medicines uh, or treatments, as I'll get into. But, but, but um, I think the thing that that is so disappointing is that it was not just that, but it was the coercion and the collusion. You know, of GM saying they're not going to they're not going to sign non-vaccinated players, and the coercion for player fifty-four through ninety who thinks. If I don't make this squad that I'm on now in training camp, I'm, and I'm not vaxxed, my my career is over. Um, so there wasn't even opportunities. Workers in those same environments had no opportunity. Workers at the facilities, and it's happened all over the country. You're seeing these mandates for firefight, uh, firefighters and policemen and government workers who are saying, "Well, no, it's you know, what about my body, my choice? You know, what about making the best decision for my own?" circumstance and that, that, that again that health is is not a one-size-fits-all thing I think that's the thing that's that's most disappointing look at our squad we've had you know I'm the second uh, non-vax player to test positive it's pretty evident I tested positive being around a vaccinated individual I mean that's the majority of people I spend time with um, there's been dozens of individuals that work at the facility that are vaxxed that tested positive so this idea that it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated is just a total lie. And I go back to like these two questions for the, uh, you know, for this woke mob. Like uh, number one, if the vaccine is so great, then how come people are still getting COVID and spreading COVID and unfortunately dying from COVID? Like if the vaccine is so safe then how come the manufacturers of the vaccine have full immunity? So let's just step back and realize like this vaccine is revolutionary, the things that they're doing. However, we don't know a whole lot about it. 
And to just say that it's a blanket for all that ails you, in my opinion, is wrong and reckless. And for the media out there taking shots at me, like, you don't know my story, now you do. So quit lying about me. And personal health decisions, in my opinion, should be private. And they shouldn't have to be, like, gone through the ringer and over-scrutinized by, you know, people who are just pushing their own type of propaganda on the people and, and ideals. You want to have a conversation about it? I'm more than willing to have a conversation about it. But bodily autonomy is a right. And the shaming and the outing that, you know, people seem to get off on so much of finding these people who, you know, oh, my God, can you believe these crackpots who are not vaccinated? Everybody has their own story. Everybody has their own story and their own issues and, and their own reasons for doing things. But this shaming cancel society, that is wrong. And I made a choice that was in my best interest. You might respect it. You might hate it. But I bet you the same people that hate it are the same people that are really going to hate the fact that I'm 40 hour, 48 hours in and I consulted with a now good friend of mine, Joe Rogan, after he got COVID. And I've been doing a lot of the stuff that he recommended in his podcasts and, you know, on the phone to me. And I'm going to have the best immunity possible now based on the 2.5 million person study from Israel that people who get COVID and recover have the most robust immunity. And I'm thankful for people like Joe stepping up and using their voice. I'm thankful for my medical squad. Um, and I'm thankful for all the love and support I've gotten. But I've been taking monoclonal antibodies, ivermectin, zinc, vitamin C and DHEQ, and I feel pretty incredible. Okay, so you said a lot there. We appreciate it. I'm going to have to ask some follow-ups, and we appreciate you getting your entire side out there, and there's some incredibly enlightening stuff about why you chose to do what you do. Um, so I wasn't able to get the, um, what was that last one? The uh, Ivermectin. Ivermectin. I wasn't even able to get it. Uh, doctor, I didn't know that this was an entire political battle i know I, I don't know that world well enough i had no clue but the doctor was like hey we'll give you this you'll get this go over to the pharmacy pick it up i was vaccinated had covid by the way 104 and a half degree fever i mean it was bad and i had to think about my long term because i would like to be a father as well when i made those decisions i went over to the pharmacy and there was i was in the middle of having covid and me and the pharmacist were getting into like uh you're not allowed to have this isn't why you're allowed to have it. it became this whole thing i had no idea what the fuck was going on like i didn't write the script i have no i have no clue what you're doing but it seems like all the rich people, okay, since the beginning of time, uh, and this is coming from somebody who, uh, and I'm not going to say I was a, a poor person, but a very humble beginning. Since the beginning of time, we always assume that the rich people always got the best access to the best stuff, and they've always been able to do it. And then all the rich people are taking this one thing, and it seems to be helping everybody out. And then all of a sudden, somehow everybody is now being told that it's not. This isn't going to do it. This is horse. This is that. It's like, I don't understand how we get to that. As a whole world, I haven't looked into it enough, but it appears as if you have. And if I'm getting this right after what you just said,
said they're the diatribe that was like 20 minutes addressing all answers and i saw you take notes there which is beautiful am i getting it right that you didn't want to be one of the faces of like the anti-vax community so whenever people said that you slyly and misled and that was in the middle of a different time than we're currently in uh, it feels like the way you were talking is you didn't want to become a poster boy, the MVP of the NFL, Aaron Rodgers. You weren't ready or didn't want to be the poster boy for an anti-vax community. And now have you just had to buy into it because there's a lot of there, every politics, sports world. Everybody's talking about you right now. This is basically all of 2020 and 2021 crashing down in on itself in one situation for a guy that's currently in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Have you now kind of bought into that? And I, I, your message was very clear, like you should make your own personal decision, which is what everybody said. But is that why at the beginning you didn't want to be that person? Is that why you kind of did the immunized answer? And if you would have got harped on it, you would have followed up, but you didn't want to get into that world? Is that why you chose that? I really felt like at the time there was a time and a place for sharing of, of information. It was such a witch hunt. They they wanted to out and shame and denigrate every single person who didn't immediately say, "Oh yeah, I got the you know Pfizer, I got the Moderna, whatever." I I wanted it to go away. I, wasn't, I mean, everyone in the squad knew I was not vaccinated. Everyone in the organization knew I wasn't vaccinated. I wasn't hiding it from anybody. I was trying to minimize and mitigate having to have this conversation that would go on and on, and and and. There were people in the media who somehow found out about it and, and been sitting on it for a couple months. Um, so it wasn't like this thing was just hidden until this week. Like people knew it and they sat on it. At some point, I knew I was going to have to discuss it. And, you know, I was ready to discuss it. But the problem with this is it is so political. And health should not be political. It shouldn't be that, you know, Trump endorsed ivermectin and HCQ. And so take that shit off. It doesn't work. You know, I mean, in, in general, look at I think we all should have been a little hesitant when Trump in 2020 was championing these uh, vaccines that were coming so quick. What did the left say? And I'm talking about every member of the left. Don't trust the vaccine. Don't get the vaccine. You're going to die from the vaccine. And then what happened? Biden wins and everything flips. Shouldn't that initially give you a little bit of pause and go, hold on a second. Isn't this shit about health? and not about, like, politics. And to that point, has any member of the health staff this entire time got up and actually talked about real health? Have they talked about exercise, a healthy diet, like eating real food, drinking water, taking vitamins, vitamin D deficiency, and, and what that causes in the body? No. There hasn't been any of that. So, hey, and so I'm just... Look, I'm going to critically think about what's best for my own health. I'm not judging anybody else. I'm not saying you sh shouldn't do this or you shouldn't do that. But I'm making a decision that's based on what's best for me and my own health. And for me, it was a no-brainer. Hey, you said the league knew of your situation and everything. Obviously, when you're you're appealing, uh, what you your whole protocol that you did. Now, a big thing is that yeah, you're doing these press conferences. You're not wearing a mask, whatever. You, you told us how you feel about the protocols. Have you heard anything from the league throughout this? I mean, you've played, what, I mean, through how many weeks to where they could clearly see you doing these interviews? Have you heard from anybody in the organization, from the league? What is it? Uh, there have been conversations with it. I, I would, you know, add this to the mix as an aside, but the great MLK said that there, you have a moral obligation to object to unjust rules. 
and rules that make no sense. In my opinion, it makes no sense for me. I test every single day, every single day. So we play in Arizona on Thursday. We come back. Guys leave for the weekend. I don't. We test every single day, right? Early in the morning. If I test in the morning and I wear a mask the entire facility and you want me to wear a mask just to shame me that I'm not vaccinated, to continue to perpetuate a story that I'm not vaccinated, in, in a room where the only way you can get in that room is if you're fully vaccinated against a virus that I don't have as a non-vaccinated person. Not to mention, you're sitting more than six feet away from me, in most cases, at least 20 feet away from me. Where's the science in that? Where's the science in that that says, oh, that makes perfect sense? So it was my opinion that that wasn't rooted in any science. Every other protocol I followed to the T. Okay, so your day-to-day is terrible. Uh, it sounds like as a vaccin- or non-vaccinated, but they said that going into the season. What do you have to say about the people like, well, this is the NFL. This is what you have to do. Like, th- did you ever did you ever even consider that or thought about that? Like, hey, the NFL, you get to do this. Or are you potentially speaking for a lot of NFL players right now and NFL coaches and GMs that are also a little bit like, hey, we're the most in shape people in the world. We study our bodies more than maybe anybody out there. You heard stories. Russell Wilson spends a million dollars dollars plus a year on his body tom brady has an entire business around taking care of his body you you're 30 what what are you now 37 still squatting you're changing your i mean you're doing you're, you're taking care of your body i think you're speaking for a lot of people in there but what about the people that say like this is the nfl's rules this is what you got to do you you get to be there you know that entire statement your thoughts i respect both sides of that argument and understand both sides of that I will say, when they sent in the stooge early in training camp to basically shame our team that our, we were 19th in the league in percentage of vaccinated people, I raised my hand and asked a few questions to challenge some of the things he was saying. And afterwards, I heard from so many people on the team, uh, players, coaches, who thanked me for being able to stand up and say the things that I said, because it's hard for those people, especially people who don't have position of leadership or any type of power to, to stand up to things that don't make any sense. And the coercion that was forced on some of these individuals uh, without an opportunity to have an exemption based on pre-existing conditions, medical exemption or, uh, or a religious exemption, to me was a little bit inhumane. And those guys really appreciated me standing up for them. I've talked to many guys across the league who are in similar situations and have been faced with similar ways of being dealt with. Um, I understand that, uh, you know, the league is able to put in place its own policies. I didn't agree to any of them, though. I didn't sign a piece of paper that gave away my rights to to, to live uh, a normal season of life. And I felt like I protected myself in a way uh, that not only protected myself and my teammates. And... Um, you know, I tested over 300 times uh, before finally testing positive. Like I said, it was probably from a vaccinated individual. Um, I, I don't think that many of the policies are rooted in science. Quick question about the science. Hey, quick question here, Aaron. You said you had your medical team and it was like a 500 page 
research report, which is unbelievable. I think a lot of people would enjoy seeing that. Did that team present it to the NFL? And how was the NFL's doctorate or medical team responsive to your holistic homeopathic doctors that have been doing it for decades and decades and decades? Was there, you think there was no respect immediately there and not even an open ear for the conversation? I think they thought I was a quack. I mean, and which was portrayed out in what was said to me when the vaccinated people can't contract the virus or spread the virus. And, and I had already had studies that I had seen that that was false. Um, and when that was said, I knew there was no chance I was going to win this appeal. Before that, I really thought there was a chance. I really felt like we were making some hay and we were having good conversations. Um, at least being able to amend some of the policies for non-vaccinated players that didn't make sense scientifically, that seemed to be solely rooted in a way to, to shame guys into having to be outed uh, or, or coerce them even more to, to get the vaccine. Um, you know, things like uh, bi-week schedule and, and mini bi-week schedule and and stuff on the road, uh, you know, I, it, to me it didn't make sense from a science level. It's more just trying to make us have the, the least fun year possible that maybe will make more guys end up getting vaccinated. Can you explain what your holistic homeopathic immunization potentially does? Like, what does, what does it build up in your body? Because I think there's probably a lot of people who potentially feel the exact same way you do. Actually, I know there's a lot of people who feel the exact same way that you do. Uh, that's personal decision, don't want to do it for whatever the reason is, whether they're immuno, immunocompromised. Mm -hmm. Nailed it. Thank you. Bingo. That's a big time science word. But there's probably a lot of people that feel the way you do. What did your research find and why did you feel as if you were immunized? What did you build up in your body that maybe uh, you were able to find without the allergy to the mRNA or the studies you did on Johnson & Johnson? How did you find this particular treatment plan to get there? Well, I, I you know, I, I researched a lot of different uh, different. Uh, types of, of medical individuals and I talked with not just MDs but holistic doctors, homeopaths, different people and you know when you start to to talk to these people there's a common thread with many of these folks and that all they care about is healing people you know and there's there's uh, some jokes about how uh, healing people uh, there's no money in it you know which is it's an interesting thing to think about, but um, I was fortunate enough to be around some amazing, uh, amazing minds. You know, Harvard MDs and uh, brilliant people from all over the country, uh, who I kind of brought in and, and just talked to them about some of my own issues and what would be best and, and what would they would recommend. And the opportunity to do this, uh, you know, the. The homeopathic stuff came up. You know, the specific protocol. I'm just going to keep between my doctor, my doctors, and myself. But, um, but it was a way to stimulate my immune system to create uh, a defense against uh, against COVID. So, what happens when you go back? I know you're you're eligible to return if you test negative. I guess the day before the Cardinals game, November 13th, I believe. Are you going to change anything when you get in there? The Hawks game. Is it Seahawks? Yeah. I think, yeah, the interesting thing is uh, I don't think I have to test now for 90 days. So I don't know how that changes everything else in the facility. Do I become basically a vaccinated status where I don't have to wear a mask and I don't test? I'm not sure. 
I'm sure I'll find that out shortly. I'm sure somebody will probably watch this and text me in the next uh, half hour, but... You do? Uh, what if they said... <laughs> that would be funny. Yeah, you're but, wearing a mask uh, everywhere still, pal. Yeah, what if that would be... Uh, sorry. But that's what I, I do want to say, you know, is, is I have taken this very seriously. You know, I'm not a COVID denier or any bullshit like that. Like, I just wanted to make the decision that was best for my body. That's it. I wear my mask when I go out in public, you know. The only time I haven't worn my mask is when I'm around all vaccinated people. And my my response to those people would be like, hey, just so you know, I tested this morning negative, number one. And number two, you got vaccinated against something that you would be worried about me having, which I just told you I'm negative. To me, I, don't, I can't make any more sense than that. Like, if I'm in public, I wear a mask. If I'm not... If I'm at my house, I'm not wearing a mask. <laughs> hey, it would be awesome if you would have came on here these first, because I was told, you know, a couple of times through this entire process that I was bad journalist because I didn't ask you what immunized meant and if you were vaccinated or not. So I appreciate you, you know, not showing up in a mask the first eight weeks of uh, Aaron Rodgers Tuesday because we wouldn't have been able to hear you. You know, that would have been a little bit difficult. It would have been bad for the show. But I do appreciate the fact that you're testing every single morning. So you know more about your level of COVIDness inside of you than probably anybody else on Earth right now. I'm not sure there's any other protocol that's doing that to anybody. The only protocols that are around the country right now in every business is very similar to the NFL is, hey, if you get vaccinated, your life's going to be a lot easier. If you're not vaccinated, it is going to be hell. That is basically happening everywhere. They're, I guess they're firing people now at this point if you're not vaccinated. How do you see this whole thing panning out now that you are the center of the entire vaccination world almost at this point, Aaron? I think that at some point we need to remember that that health is not the same for everybody. It's not a one-size-fits-all. I've said that a couple of times now. I strongly believe in and autonomy over one's body and the ability to make decisions that you think are in your best interest. I think it's crazy to have uh, to have these mandates. Obviously, there's been people that stand up to them and push them back against them, whether it's the airlines or with some of the municipal workers. Um, if, you know, again, I, the vaccines uh, do offer some protection for sure, but there's a lot we don't know about them. There's a lot we don't know about the waning uh, antibody counts. Um, and now, you know, I think there's been conversations around needing boosters, a third and a fourth, you know, booster shot. Um, there's a lot to natural immunity and natural immunity has not been a part of the conversation. Um, but the latest studies, and I have 30 of them I can go through, talk about how important natural immunity is. And actually, if you've gotten COVID, and recovered from it, um, that that's the best uh, boosted immunity you can have. I think what we forget to talk about here, because again, healing people, there's not a lot of money in it, um, but this is a pandemic of health, right? As much as it is, you know, you know a, a, a virus which a virus which mutates which we know it mutates and it's going to continue to mutate and mutate on and on and on um but it's a virus of health and the most important thing would be educating people on how to live a healthier life uh that's how we can uh, beat uh, any type of disease not putting a blanket over it with uh, a vaccine which creates a spike protein which recognizes one specific strand of a virus which 
is made to mutate. Uh, like, how about we teach people how to be healthy? Um, and until that is the conversation, and, and it's, you know, it's nothing's going to happen. The conversation is going to be, you know, that, you know, I'm a, you know, non-vaxxed uh, person and, you know, then the non-vaxxed people, the right or whatever is going to champion me and the left is going to cancel me. And I'm no, no, uh, Aaron, and the whole time, I don't give a shit about either of them. <laughs> politics, politics is the total sham. I'm not going to go on Fox News like I wouldn't go on CNN, you know, like I have zero desire to do any of that. The only desire I have is to empower people out there to take autonomy over their body in all forms and facets and that you have the right to make a decision about your body. That should be an unalienable right for all people to make an educated decision based on what they think is best for them, their body, their family, their family's bodies, on and on and on. If you have fear around the virus and you want to get vaccinated, go for it. If you have comorbidities, go for it. If you're a healthy person who has a strong immune system, keep building your immune system and and do what you got to do. Do what's best for your body. But that opinion, you know, doesn't work because we, you know, we, you know, we've given away billions of dollars to these pharmaceutical companies now for these for these vaccines, and it's not going to stop. Merck's coming out with a pill. Uh, you know, uh, Pfizer's coming out with a, a pill that's going to help, you know, it's, it's, it's basically the expensive versions of ivermectin. Why do people hate ivermectin? Not just because, you know, Trump championed it. Because it's a cheap generic. Can't make any money off it. But it's been used a billion times in India. Go look at that research. What's going on over there? Well, I would like to know. I feel like I have to do a lot of research after the conversation we just had, there's going to be people that are so incredibly pissed at me for not asking you more questions. But to, to be clear, I am a sports stooge who is incredibly lucky to get a chance to chat with a man who has been at the center of a conversation for the last couple of days revolving around his decision making and what he has done. Seems like you're in a good spot. Uh, I hope you continue to remain asymptomatic throughout this entire thing and can't wait to see you back on the field, brother. Yeah, let me just finish with this. Okay. I thought that is really it's really powerful and I and I hope people can hear that. The situation that I'm in should be a conversation, not a controversy. I've made a decision based on what's best for my body. I've just laid it out to you, my health history and why I made this decision. Okay? This shouldn't be a controversy. It should be a conversation. I'm here to continue the conversation. Because of this virus and testing positive, I have to miss 10 days. Again, the scientifics of that arbitrary number is whatever. I feel really good. And if this were the flu, there's no reason I wouldn't play on Sunday, um, especially the way I feel right now. That being said, I'm very excited for Jordan. I have had conversations with him. It's going to be very strange to watch the game uh, without being there. Just my third time ever watching a game on TV of a team that I've been on. The other two was post-surgeries in, in 2006 and 2017. So that's going to be hard. But look, I hope that we can take a step back, quit lying, quit with the, you know, the witch hunt and the canceling and realize this is a conversation to be had, not a controversy. 
and let's move this forward with some love and connection. That's what we need in this world. This things that we don't yeah. agree with or understand. When we don't agree or understand with each other, let's communicate instead of initially just canceling someone, silencing someone. Like that gets us nowhere. Like that's what I did when I started my research. You know, I put every single bias to the side and think about okay, what is going to be best for my body and listen to everybody on every side of every opinion. That's the only way to truly learn things without bringing your own personal, you know, bias into things. You want to live in an echo chamber? Like, go for it. But, like, that's not a way to move society forward. That's not a way to move your own consciousness forward. you got to be able to, like, talk, reach across the aisle and talk to people you don't agree with. Um, you know, I've talked to many people who are vaxxed. And we've had incredible conversations on both sides. And I appreciate hearing their insight. I made a decision that was in the best decision of my body. And if you have a problem with that, there's nothing that I can say to you other than this was my decision. This was best for my body. And I'm sorry you feel that way. It'd be a really cool world if we all knew why we felt the way we felt as opposed to just judging people for the way that they feel. Last question for you before we let you go, and this has been awesome. I, will, I mean, we're probably going to get deplatformed at some point. I assume. <laughs> I think that is something that's potentially going to happen out here. But I appreciate you coming in here and spilling your soul, basically, and your thoughts. And we're learning a lot about you, I think, in the process of doing this. And my last question is, did you know this was going to come? You had to have known, right, at some point? Because, like, for instance, when I got COVID, and my wife didn't, but she was with me the entire time that I was there. And there was a, two pilots on the plane and something else. And they didn't get it for like four days later. And then once that happened, it just kind of went and it was going. I just assumed everybody was going to get COVID. Like I, I said, I got vaccinated. I just assumed everybody was going to get COVID at some point. Like, hey, look at it is coming. Did you expect this at some point to hit? You had to have, right? I assume. Yeah, I mean, I knew it was going to hit uh, because I specifically said I'm immunized. And I felt like at some point that was going to get revisited. There were people that were fishing around about that had the story two months ago. Um, so I knew that this was going to come. I was ready for it. Hey, why was, didn't they go with it two months ago? They had it. I don't know exactly why. Um, maybe there wasn't enough to cancel in the moment. They wanted, you know, they kind of got a windfall when I got COVID um, to go with this story. But. Look, I obviously don't want to ever get COVID and have to miss time from your teammates, but to label what they've labeled it selfish, deceptive, there was nothing deceptive about it. Like, you know me, I, the things I say are very pointed. There have been, if there have been follow up questions, I would have answered them honestly as well. My team, everybody in the organization knew exactly what my status was from day one. And the decision I made was purely a decision that was in the best interest of my body. So, look, uh, uh, I don't really have a whole lot else to say other than this is the highlight of my day. I'm not just getting to talk to you guys, but it's kind of boring when you're quarantined by yeah. yourself for 10 days. So. It's lonely, too, man. It's lonely in there, too. I, I mean, when I was in there, my wife was staying away from me for two, three days there at the beginning, and then she ended up getting in so we could hang out again. But it is, hey, the mental aspect of it is just as difficult as uh, hopefully the physical aspect that you're already at past. We can't thank you enough for joining us. Uh, we'll see you next Tuesday, pal. Can't wait. I think I'll be uh, be 100% by then. Buddy. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. It's Aaron Rodgers Friday. What will he say? 
Is that son of a bitch? What are we watch today, or is he gonna watch on Tuesday? That's the question. Oh, okay, we'll sing on. We'll sing the vaccination song on Tuesday. All right, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Aaron Rodgers. Thank you, man. Yeah. Now that the world's opening back up, so many new thrills are on the horizon. Okay. And whether you've been in a relationship for years or just getting started, we're excited to get back out there and. Meet new people. Hell yeah. When the moment comes, it's not come too quick. Oh, <laughs> here we go. I get it. That is not what they had in their copy. Okay. Oh. Should <laughs> That was, I think they're going in a different direction, so let's go back a sentence or two. Okay, okay. When, you, when the moment comes, you want to be ready. That's true. Yeah. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, Ooh. all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Once you take care of that, though, you get the Roman swipes, and guess what? Huh? Lasts a long time. Banging up, banging up, banging up. Yeah, it's Pete Alonzo at the all <laughs> yes. at the home run derby. Boom. That's right. Dingers. Downtown. Bingo. David <laughs> Population you, dude. Hell yeah. Roman ready equals confidence. The confidence that you know you can rise to the occasion in the moment. We're looking at the Summer of Love 2021 version, and Roman wants to make sure you can participate in your way. Whether that be as a single person or a couple who would still rather stay in with each other, a U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you for free with two-day shipping. Okay. That's huge. Free? The shipping's free. Wow. I believe. Not the... Not the yeah, medication. Free no. two-day shipping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, go to GetRoman.com slash McAfee today, and if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of ED treatment. Okay. Cool. That's G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com slash M-C-A-F-E-E. And if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of erectile dysfunction treatment. Make sure you're ready to have confidence and control this summer. Roman ready. Joining us now. Is another YouTube person. Sure. Yeah. That's one of his jobs. Uh, two of his jobs actually do involve YouTube. One for himself, one for a company. Okay, that's, that's right. right. In which he goes live every Monday, Wednesday. He has uh, 24 podcasts, mm -hmm. but the MMA hour is really his bread and butter. Oh, yeah. To tell us about what's going on tomorrow at the UFC and maybe what's happening in the world as a whole. The least favorite guest on this show by everybody in here and our fans, ladies and gentlemen, Ariel Hillwine. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, guys, I mean, first of all, what are you doing? As you know, it's been a trying week for old Hillwani. In my feelings, I've been stabbed in the back, left, right, and center. Now, Patrick calls me up earlier today, says, We've got a crap show, a crap lineup. We've got horrible guests. Can you help us boost the ratings? Now, please come on after the not-so-MVP Aaron Rodgers because we'll need to have a bit of a palate cleanse, okay? I'll just say Josh Allen would never. That's oh, all. Oh, okay. Now, yeah. I said, hey, Patrick, I'll do you a favor. I'm busy. I got my Ringer MMA show. I got the MMA Hour. I got all my things that I got going on now. I mean, pretty much making 10 times what I was making six months ago. But that's not the winner there. Patrick, I'll do you a favor. At 2.05, I'll be here. I'll come with the Hiawani gear. I'll lift everyone's spirits up. I'll take this show out of the gutter. 
that it was just residing in, and I'll help you all out. Yeah. 2.23, <laughs> I get the hot tag. Now, <laughs> Danny here holding the rope, waiting for the hot tag. It's 1987 Saturday night's main event. No one wants to hear this song and dance, okay? No one wants to hear what was going on before, and I'm not even touching it. If we want to talk about the world being the shape of a Rubik's Cube, we could talk about that, but I thought this was a sports show. (laughs) Now, Patrick, you and I have come a long way over the last few months. You were there for me on Wednesday in my time of need. My former best friend, Daniel Cormier, stabbed me in the back. He kicked me while I'm down. He spit on my grave. He kicked me in the balls. He did all those things and then some. I'll tell you two individuals who would never do that to me. It's that man, AJ Hawk. I needed to know which way I was pointing. And that man, Patrick McAfee. And so we're friends. In fact, on Monday's episode of the MMR live at 1 p.m. Eastern, I am going to immortalize Patrick on my wall. On my wall of fame, I'm going to immortalize him for what he did for me on Wednesday. But I have to admit, after this sorry display of friendship, me sitting here for 20 minutes like a bride (laughs) at the altar wearing this ridiculous outfit, I didn't feel too good about our friendship, Patrick. Hey, hold on. I would like to let you know that I'm sorry to hear about what happened with you in D.C. Honestly, we're uh-huh. a big fan of you guys yeah. together. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, he made you sorry. better. Listen, you made sorry. him better. D.C. and R.C. is awesome, though. Oh, right? Daniel Cormier, incredibly Stop talented it. guy. Double champ, obviously. The show is incredible. But I thought you two, hey, listen, you could always have success apart from each other. It doesn't have to be beef. He was busy. That's why I didn't come see you. No, you don't no, need to put me busy. in the spot of D.C., please. That, that is, listen, that is all good. Ch- I'm putting you in any spot I want to put you, okay? No, no you're not. Don't put me in your fucking studio. DC forgot where he came from. He got a little too big for his britches, all right? He thinks he's at the worldwide leader. He's living life. He's stuffing his face with chicken tenders. He should be ashamed whoa, of himself. Whoa, 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 whoa. What is that? Stuffing it? No, stuffing. What does that mean, stuffing his face? We don't do it on a body shame show. No, right? Oh, stop it with this, all right? I don't know what is going on over this. This show used to be one of my favorite shows. Now it's become a poor excuse for a show. Save us, AJ Hawk. Save us. I don't know what's going on. I lost it when, you know, Mr. Not-So-MVP said I consulted with Joe Rogan. Can we talk about that? <laughs> that nonsense? Okay, you had me up until that point, buddy. But come on. I consulted with Joe Rogan. I consulted with the UPS guy. UPS guy isn't making, you know, like 80 mil a year and probably has access to a lot of the highest. But I understand what yeah. you're saying. I, did. I mean, golly. You, were, you had us there for a second. And then you start consulting with podcasters. Hold on. Come on. Hey, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. So that is the – hey, that's the – because yeah. you are a journalist, like actual journalist. You used to be. I don't know if you're wearing a luchador mask right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but you is that probably what I'm going to take shit on, you think, for that? Because I actually, immediately that, follow. You better hope that's the only part you take shit <laughs> on. <laughs> I mean, golly. Hey, have, has Nick Khan called yet? I don't know if that's 8 p.m. start is on your schedule, <laughs> yeah. daddy-o. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> what do you have? Let's move along golly. to what you know about, please. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, golly, I had to sit here and listen to that for the last hour waiting for my hot tag. <laughs> hey, Evan, Evan, you should have tagged me in earlier for nah. God's sake. Nah. Hey, I was like, hey, Aaron, hey, 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 Hiwani, I'd like to let you know, yeah. speaking of sinking, 
Where it wants is 76,000 today. Yeah. 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 What, what are we at now? now? What are we at 15, now? I think. Yeah, I think we're going down to seven, maybe? Yeah. Seven. Yeah. Seven. There's seven a, total hey, There's a people. very easy joke to make right here now, but I'm not going to go there. Okay. there. You opened the door to one of the all-time great comebacks, but I can't go there right now because I've hey. said too much. Thanks for being a professional. Yeah, wow. Thank you. Thank you. All right, let's talk about what you actually know about. You're going to keep it on. Okay. You Jeez. don't even you know nothing about the Bills. I know everything about the Bills, all right? Let me tell you something about the Buffalo Bills. We are doing what the kids like to call playing possum. Are you familiar with a little term called rope-a-dope? Everyone in the National Football League thinks we're not that good. Everyone thinks they Nobody got us on our heels. Yeah, what? what? Just hey, listen. Wait. Maybe just when wait. you watched the Bills 20-some years ago, that was the case. It's not like that. <laughs> Hey, just wait till it gets a little more nipply over there in Orchard Park. Just wait what's going to happen. A little one-two to the face. Tell him, AJ. Tell him. Tell him right now. Tell him, tell mean, him what's going to happen. I hope so, Ariel. I hope it does that. You think they're going to be all right? You think the Bills are going to win it all this year? I am. Hey, do me a favor. Clip this off. Send it to all the jabrones out there on your Twitter feed. Let Ian Rappaport know and everyone else. All right? The Buffalo Bills are winning the Super Bowl come February. They're doing it. It's happening. And by the way, make sure not to tag the Buffalo Bills Twitter account because they're a bunch of haters. All right? oh! Oh! They never give me the rub. So don't tag them. You know who you have to tag? Tag my guy, Mongo Feliciano, my man, yeah. my only friend on the Buffalo Bills. I will root for them till I die. But I'm starting to get annoyed of their hating <laughs> tactics, all right? It seems like everybody's against you. It might have to they start are. looking in the mirror at some point. But yeah. let's talk about the Buffalo Bills social media. I'm victim Helwani. No, no. Dana White said it himself. He called me the victim. I'm the victim. So guess what? I'm going to get a T-shirt made, victim Helwani, and wear it proudly. Because guess what? When they have a name for you in the business of mixed martial arts reporting, they don't call you the best in the business. They call you Victim Helwani. <laughs> all right. All the Helwanis that you are, I think, are becoming slowly and slowly more insufferable. But I do have to ask you about the Buffalo Bills not tweeting you and you hating yeah. them. What's that all? Is that because you've only been a fan for like two or three months? No, it's a pretty good, good comeback, Patrick. That is a good I question, the right? Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. because yeah. potentially the lately. Bills saw Ariel Hawani like, oh, hey, let's go Jets. Yeah. Hey, let's go yeah, Jets. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. Stuff like that. Like That's what the Jets. Bills. Go yeah, Bills no. social media has eyes, Hawani. No, I would never say that. In fact, I used to talk about you when you were playing on that loser franchise that stole their team from the Baltimore people. But I've never said, let's Drive go Jets. Time. Never said, let's go Jets. Middle of the night. We all know what happened. Never said, let's go Jets, Patriots, Giants, all that stuff. Never said it. I've been a diehard fan. In fact, I've been the classiest Bills fan of the last two decades. When everyone's wearing Zubaz pants and jumping through flaming hot tables, I'm here trying to class up the joint, and I can't That's get why you stink. Yeah. That's, That's why you stink. That's why you stink. You stink. That's why the Buffalo Bills say we ain't tweeting this guy yeah. at all. Yeah. Making why fun not? of Zubaz pants, pit not vipers, tables. Parks, I'm not from Western what? New York. Oh, you stink. Well, let's no. talk about what you actually know about, by the way. I know yeah, about well, everything. Why don't you... you want Yo, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Hey, you should get some bills colored, uh, get some bills colored buildos and put your name on it and throw them on the field. It'll be great advertising. There you go. That's a good idea. That's a good thing. AJ, That's marketing. Did CMO. you just ask me to get a bills colored dildo? What is going yes, on here? Bildo. No, I said bildo. He see, he's not bildo. even a fan. Yeah, you don't get it. You don't even know what a bildo. You're not even a fan. What a fraud. I mean, <laughs> double headers is good. <laughs> Listen, I know everything about anything. You want to ask me about politics? We'll talk politics right now. You want to talk about what do you want to talk about? Who's want, right? What do you want to talk about? Who's right in all the politics, Ariel? Who's right? Let yeah. me tell you something. I'm from. Please hold just one second. 
Oh, Trudeau. Don't don't put your Trudeau costume on. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> <geez. laughs> oh, oh, Holy shit. Canada. Okay? And we don't get into this whole left-right nonsense that you guys get into, okay? Ah, we ah, have ah, each other. Okay? Let me tell you something. It's despicable. Shoot. Can I shoot for a second? Let me shoot right here. Now, you Political have a media. luchador mask on. You have a Canadian flag over your head, <laughs> which is over top of a hoodie and a buffalo bill. You, the whole yeah, go ahead. Hey, let's take you serious for a second. I don't, I don't consume any of this nonsense because it's ridiculous. The number one rule that I was taught when I walked through the doors of the greatest journalism school in America, the Syracuse University oh, over there oh, in yeah. the 315 – Right, I got a degree on my wall that says I could speak about these things. It said, don't have any biases. Have ethics, have no bias. And for some reason, people in the political media sphere think that it's okay to have biases. It's ridiculous. Okay. If I went on ESPN and started talking about, oh, I want Justin Gaethje to win. I want Rose Namajunas to win. They would fire me if I went on it because you're not supposed to have a bias when you're a journalist. Yet for some reason, in the topic that is supposed to affect the people the most – Politics, health, this and stuff. You go on these channels and they all have biases. So they could all kick rocks. They're all a bunch of jabrones. If you want the truth, you come to this man right here. The man with the largest nose, Bam. the biggest arms, and the smartest mind in the business. 10-7, Heelwani, all day, every day. Uh, I thought you were going to talk about the Pat McAfee show. That was an incredible shoot, though, right there. I appreciate you, you saying that because that's a real thing because I do not have a degree and I do not follow that world as much. But I don't know how everybody can be as... Bias? Have the competitive stamina that they have. That's what they, I'll use JJ Reddick's description. I think others have used it. I don't know how both sides can have the competitive stamina to continue to yell at each other and not just get to a point where it's like, hey, I, I, you might be different than me. Let's just go ahead and move along. That's an NFL locker room, by the way. That's sports. Sports are very similar in that fashion. Like, I think that's where the sports world could potentially help out the politics world. I, under, I understand the politics world is so much more serious than what we have, okay? I would, you, what, what those humans do is insane. And I am just a sports stooge and all that. But when you walk into like an NFL locker room, this has been said ad nauseum at this point, but it is so true. You have sons of millionaires in there, and then you have literally people that were homeless on the streets throughout their entire high school. Then you have people from the Northeast, South Florida, Compton, all the way up to the Pacific Northwest and all the towns in between, and a lot, Hawaii now. I mean, it's every, everybody has these differing opinions because they have differing backgrounds, differing experiences, differing lives. But you're able to have a conversation, still befriend these people, and be able to come together and rally towards one common goal. Like, I don't know how that happens in the world of yelling at each other all the time, but it would be dope if it was able to uh, uh, take place. And I think the reason and the way to end this whole thing, and we've said this before, we just need a scoreboard. That's right. Hey, politics needs a scoreboard. Easy. And we need to figure out what a point is, what isn't a point, who's lying, who's not lying. They just need a scoreboard so that we can treat people accordingly. Okay, hey. No. Hey, motherfucker, you're the lions. Yeah. Hey, need, dude, you're the effort. lions. We <laughs> ain't listening to you. You are the lions, sir. You just First lost 44 to 6, <laughs> and you had to, to bury the defensive film. I don't want to hear from you to talk to me about what defensive football looks like. That is what should happen in the politics. Hey, you have fucked up. 
for 35 years. I don't need to hear anything more out of you. I, I don't need any more. But there's no chance of that ever happening because the scoreboard is always moving. The goalposts change on both sides. It's always just an ever-ending shit show, Ariel. And that's, that's my entire take on the Listen, real world outside of sports. Hey, Bubba Gump, Evan, the rest of the crew, do me a favor. Clip that part off. The next commercial break that you guys go to, which will then tank your ratings. I mean, who goes to a commercial break after a massive exclusive? Put that soliloquy up there because it was pretty damn good work out of Patrick. It was good work. It was honest. It was authentic work out of Patrick. I agree with most of what you said, but at the bottom, uh, the bottom line is this. Uh, Just have a spine. Be honest and and, and don't be biased. Don't be unethical and don't have an agenda. And it's amazing to me that if Joe Buck goes on television, people accuse him of being pro-Cowboys, pro this, pro that. And we're talking about something as useless as sports, right? (laughs) And he calls it like we see it. And now you have guys on television talking about life or death matters, political matters, all this stuff, and they have open biases. In what universe are these people living in? It's ridiculous. Do me a favor, though. If you want to talk politics, if you want to shoot on these things, call me up anytime. I'll educate you. I'll make you feel smarter. But don't reference third-rate podcasters when you do so because let me tell you all credibility goes out the window you understand what i'm saying Third yeah i understand what you're saying let's get can we please talk about why that, you're in a mess no sell me on that i thought that was a pretty good one no you guys gonna no sell me on that we'll edit it we'll edit it in post we'll be able to chop those things that was incredible this is a really good conversation never would have expected it with a man dressed the way you're dressed or a man that is dressed the way I dress. Uh, I'm dressed. To that's be the beauty of the show, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. that's show's the show, stupid, right yeah. there. Show stupid, yeah. Shows a lot of things, bad mostly, but yeah, also a chance of luchador mask and a tank top. We'll get into a full discussion about journalism ethics, and uh, oh, yeah. that was just happened. I can't thank you enough. For I love it. it. Yeah, for being a AJ. Can we ask him, please, about yes? Usman I ask, this is perfect, I mean, actually, Ariel. This okay. is perfect. I didn't go to Syracuse. I don't have the degree you had, but we're talking about all this this polarizing political stuff. Colby Covington, rem- mm. third fight against Usman. Colby Covington, very pro-Trumper, public persona, all of this stuff. How do you think this fight goes, and does everybody want Colby to get beat? Uh, no, I certainly don't think. I think there's about 75 million people in this country who are probably rooting for Colby Covington, if you get what I'm trying to say. Now, I will say the best gimmicks are the ones that evolve over time. The gimmick is a bit 2017, if you ask me. got involved, didn't show up with the Mer- Make America Great Again hat, showed up with the NYPD hat, so a bit of an evolution there. But I still Baby think the lines need a little working on. You know what I'm saying? That being said, he's the second best welterweight in the world. He's an incredible fighter. He deserves a lot of respect. And uh, he's fighting a guy who beat him in 2019. If you haven't seen that fight, the first fight was fantastic. 2-2 going into the fifth. I think Kamaru won fair and square. Uh, this idea that, you know, he was, that Kobe was robbed, that he was cheated, all this stuff. No, it was a fine stoppage. These things happen in MMA. Now, here's a very interesting thing. Since that last fight, Kamaru Usman has been very active. He has fought off the top of my head three times. Three times? Yeah, three times off the top of my head. And so this is a guy who not only has been more active than Colby, who has only fought once, he's changed camps, he's changed coaches, he's also, oh, by the way, a much more improved striker. And so I think the layoff is a really big story going into this fight. I think the fact that Usman has evolved, he's been active... He's been, I mean, this is his third fight of the year. He fought Gilbert Burns in February. He fought Jorge Masvidal in April. And now Colby in November. Guess how many fights Colby has in 2021? How many? (laughs) 
I mean, the same amount of people who were watching your last interview. Zero. You know oh, what I'm talking about? On. I thought he had no 76,000 fights. I was yeah. going to say that. No, I mean, he's got to have CTE. Wow. He's got to have CTE. Anyone in 76,000 fights in one year, <laughs> got to have CT. Beast. Uh, I didn't know Dana was going to throw him thing. in. You get the point. I think activity. But it's a great fight. It's happening at the Mecca, the world's most famous arena, the home of the 2022 NBA champion New York Knickerbockers. Not only that, we have Patrick's new best friend, Thug Rose Namajunas, defending her title in the co-main event, underdog, as of right this moment, against Zhang Weili, the person that she knocked out in the co-main event uh, back in April. Pat, have you made? The, everyone wants to know. Have you have you made the donation yet or not yet? I'm pretty sure. Yes. Yeah. You go fill yeah. Senate over. Yeah. yeah, you did. Yeah, pretty sure. Oh, well, I mean, that's a mensch. I haven't checked. I mean, this is not me calling you out. I mean, you do whatever you want. If you don't even want, if you don't want to do it, you don't have to. That what was a mensch move on your part. I called Rose afterwards. She was almost on the verge of tears. She was, it meant a lot to her that you would do that. She had no idea. Hey, no problem, were. Thug Rose. No yeah, problem yeah. at all. Hey, I'm happy she's doing something awesome. I was lucky to be a part of it. I appreciate way, that. No idea who you were. I had to educate her on, I understand. on you. I understand she's focused on fighting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Massive A.J. Hawk mark, believe it or not, but no idea who you were. That's, hey, that makes sense. That guy's all-time leading tackler for the Green Bay Packers. But, yeah, uh, you were selling some um, pretty mm, – Pretty well designed hoodies, I guess you, you were selling in there, and then raising money some? for. You want some? You rock it. I'll take one, Ariel XL. Let's go, AJ. One. I got one with your name. I'll send you a heel, Wani. I'll send you a freaking thug nose. Hey, I'm supply a- chain. If we want to get into it, I don't know if you're going to be able to yeah. send all those things. Good he luck. might get them. Ship he again. might get them uh, for his birthday. He's it, doing through well, Canada, probably. Oh no, no, no! We I've got a great crew behind me. BreakingT.com. They're doing great things. Oh, we are in up. this together. Yeah, I mean, and, and by the way. Every single cent going to charity, building this Earthship school in Haiti. Every single cent of the Hilwani shirts going to No Kid Hungry. I'm, listen, I'm just a regular guy. I'm just a regular victim <laughs> trying to make it in America, all right? I ain't, I ain't coming on here to talk about, you know, vaccines and politics all and right. left and right. right. And all right. right. So don't. So don't. And all, all right. I'm, it, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Anyways, yeah. By the way, what are the chances Aaron Rodgers is now watching this and is like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah, he has no about? idea who you are, for sure. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. And guess what? He didn't. He knew who me and AJ were. You know, so that's yeah, a little bit of a... But I, I'll say this. If you're watching, you ain't no Josh Allen, baby. You ain't no Josh <laughs> Allen, baby. <laughs> Go ahead, Connor. You're an idiot. Yeah, Hilwani. Uh, what's your gripe with Hasbula? Because I saw oh, you taking yeah. shots at him when Pat was yeah. on your show. That's right. Uh, listen, you can't, you can't sit on the fence, all right? You have to be one side or the other. There's Hasbula, which everyone you know is riding him right now, jumping on the bandwagon. Or there's my main man, Abdul. 10-7 Abdul all day. You saw the hand speed. You saw the foot movement. You saw the tenacity in their little tete-a-tete after UFC 267. I got to pick a side. Listen, you can accuse me of a lot of things, but you will never accuse me as a fence rider, all right? I'm picking a side. And historically in my life, when everyone zigs, I zag, all right? So everyone's backing that horse. I'll back the winning horse. That horse's name is Abdul. Yeah, hey, listen, when everybody zigs, you zag. <laughs> Came back to YouTube, get Abdul, let's go. Let's go ahead and have a hell of a run. What is that supposed to mean? What is that supposed to mean? They kind of follow her. 
No, I'm not a follower. I'm a pioneer. I've been on YouTube. Uh, You're a clown, so... When I was on YouTube, all right, wow. you were getting publicly intoxicated when I was on YouTube. I've been <laughs> I was on YouTube long, then tra- too. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm a trailblazer, all right. Oh, yeah. I've been doing this long before most. You, dare I say, you were in your father's nutsack. Why don't right, you talk wow. about Tim's nuts? I, we got to get to a break. That's, that's I, a Ho- Henzo Gracie line, by the way. Shout out to Henzo Gracie. Now, shout out to Henzo Gracie and also the other ten thousand people that have used that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, shout out though. Shout, shout out, out to Legit, he could beat my ass. Shout out to any Gracie. All right, I seen even back in the day before the rules, whenever he was just in oh, the oh. Gracie. Ah. Can, I you, can I ask you a question, Patrick, or do you have to go to a break? Very quick question. Have you ever been asked We're good. This is serious. Have you ever been asked Excellent. to pay <laughs> for an interview? Hmm? What's that? Have you ever been, have you ever reached out to someone, talked to a guest, and said, "Hey, come on the show," and the guy's like, or the gal is like, "Yeah, sure, I'll come on if you pay me." No, nah, he pays have, everybody. I think, right? No, nah, pay everybody. No, this, you don't say. If somebody said it to me, I wouldn't do it. I present though with some, depending upon what I want to do, because it's like a rev share situation, you know. So, like, if somebody said to me, "You need to pay me," there would be an immediate fuck off. There would be an, like immediate. It would be an immediate right back the other way. Did somebody do that to you? First time in 15 years covering the great sport of MMA yesterday. No, I'm not, I don't I, I don't want to name names. Thank God. But I have Jeez. been lucky enough. I have been lucky. We're in enough. the fucking we're in the yeah, bathroom. Yeah, don't don't we're going to be off anyway. You I've know been lucky. Anyway. I've been lucky enough <laughs> to interview everyone from Hoist Gracie to John Jones to Daniel Cormier to Conor McGregor at the height of it all. And it has never even been hinted. Hinted. Even like whispered hey if you could break me off a little something i'd appreciate it yesterday for the first time someone asked for payment and i'm i'm still floored by the whole thing so i just wanted to know am i crazy or you know do you feel the same way apparently you feel the same way that's just not how this game works you don't pay for interviews well also the i mean we had seventy six thousand people watching at one point today you know and i know you're putting up good numbers too yeah there is benefit to be had by both sides you know, and I think that is something that a lot of people potentially don't understand, you know, and that is you kind of have to just realize that that's how some people are going to feel and they're idiots and you, know, you just kind of move on. Now, I don't. Yeah, there's the platform. Yeah. I mean, look, the payment that you give me for this isn't great, but I'm still I don't keep <laughs> yeah. my mouth. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I don't open my mouth. But. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, Ariel Hawane. Joining us now is a man who had his retirement sponsored. Which, legendary move. Yeah. Genius move. Shout out to Cuz. Legend at Duke. Been around the NBA. Absolute sharpshooter superstar. Incredible podcast host. Ladies and gentlemen, JJ Reddick. What's up, dude? What's up? I'm, I'm trying to figure out how my podcast was, or my, my, uh, my retirement was sponsored. How, how do you figure that? Well, I think... Wasn't it like you read an ad read, didn't you? And then you retired. Wasn't it right there on? Didn't you do that? Didn't you do that? No. I, I read my retirement speech on the podcast. The podcast does have a sponsor, Cash App. Yes, that is correct. 
Yeah, that but I, when I watched the video, I remember thinking to myself. There's a little bit of a jump there is all I'm saying, Pat. No, so, I don't think so. I'll go back and watch the video and see what I was thinking. Because when I watched it, I literally thought, this guy's a fucking genius. <laughs> this guy is a genius. It's, it's been amazing, though, to kind of watch your career. Because I'm at the age uh, that I was kind of in college, same time. You're a little bit older. When you were at Duke. In the phenomenon, this guy never misses free throws. He just lights it up from the three-point line. Then there was all these magical stories about what you're doing off the court. And nobody had a clue what was going to be able to happen in the NBA. And you've just dominated. You absolutely took over. You never missed the playoffs. The game translated well. Uh, I'm incredibly happy for you as a fan that has watched on for a long time. And I assume your uh, podcast is going to be unbelievable as well here as you dive full-time into it. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, we're we're definitely leaning towards a basically a full time media role here uh, with the podcast. I just signed up to do ESPN. I am very very curious about the magical stories uh, off the court in college that you reference. Uh, <laughs> I am I'm like, what did people hear about me? My first two years, I was a buck. I was a wild man. Yes, I was sir. a wild man. Yeah, living. What's up? Living, yeah, pretty good. Living pretty hard. Oh, great living. Hard living. Lots of biscuits and gravy at 4 a.m. <laughs> yeah, those oh, yeah. are good. And I think those are potentially where a lot of the stories came from that filtered into, like, West Virginia, you know, and uh, other places where I was. Yeah, I guess uh, they're saying you're dating, like, A-list superstar. Because you were the guy. Duke was on national television every single oh, yeah. night. Yep. And you were this guy who was just flying around. And now you're saying you're eating B's and G's at 4 a.m. You're living the good life. I heard you dated every human in Hollywood that I saw on TMZ. I heard you were out every single night and still lighting <laughs> up the hoop. These are the legendary stories I heard. And I don't know if those are true or not. Or, and you can allude to more if you'd like to. I'll, I'll just say some of that is true. Some of that is true. Most of what you just said is true. I, 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 did, I did, in terms of the partying, that's more in reference to my first two years, my freshman year and my sophomore year. I was very sheltered as a child and even as a teenager growing up. And so when I got to Duke and my buddies that were not basketball players would tell me they were going to a, a frat party on a Wednesday night, I'm, I'm like, we can go out on a Wednesday. That's cool. And and Wednesday turned into Thursday, and before you knew it, it was Wednesday again. You know. Yeah, and you somehow still managed to just drain threes through all that. Is it? Did it? Did it affect you at all? And was there a moment that you were like, you know what? I should probably focus on basketball. For instance, I had a moment, and uh, I used to go just like you. I had a much. I didn't have to do anywhere near as much as the shit you had to do on the court or in your life, basically. It was just kicking and punting or whatever. But I went out a lot, a lot, a lot. And then there was like one time where I had a nice conversation, potentially on a, uh, uh, a fungus that grows with my friends in there. And we just decided we were going to flip <laughs> the switch. And I was like, I'm not going out anymore. I just kind of like, I'm going to focus on football. Did you have any of that? Did you have a moment that happened? You were like, all right, I should probably focus more on basketball a little bit. Did Coach K say... Hey, what are you doing? Is that what he said? <laughs> oh, yeah. But I, I needed to be in the right frame of mind to hear. So my entire sophomore year, I behaved, as I mentioned, as a frat kid. I was third-team All-American that year. I was our leading scorer. We made the Final Four. On the surface, it appeared things were well, uh, but I was about 25 pounds overweight. Um, I was missing class. I think that semester I had two Ds and an I. I had an I, which is hard to get. It's hard to get. <laughs> yeah, that's deep and, down there in the alphabet, yeah. Yeah, and then they so they, they brought me into the office the first week of summer school. I was not enrolled in summer school. 
I had told my parents I was finishing up that incomplete at Duke, and I had told Duke that I was back home in Roanoke finishing up the incomplete, which in reality I was just crashing at a buddy's uh, apartment off campus. And I would get up every day probably around 2 p.m. I'd go get a burrito at Cosmic Cantina, and then I would watch movies for about four or five hours, and then I'd party. And then I'd just repeat that for a couple weeks. They tracked me down. They took me to Coach Gay's office. And they gave me a stern talking to it. At that point, I was ready to hear it. And from that point on, that summer set the stage for the rest of my career. I would not have played 15 years in the NBA if it wasn't for that summer. I learned how to be a professional that summer where your day is regimented to the hour. You're doing study hall. You're doing class. You're doing weights. You're doing running. You're doing court work. You're eating right. You're going to bed by 10 p.m. I did that all summer. The next year, I was National Player of the Year. Uh, so that that set the table for my whole thing. But yeah, I was in a bad place when they found me. Oh, so yeah, yeah. Well, I don't want to harp on that too much. And obviously, it's nice whenever you change your life and change your lifestyle and have that breakthrough moment, and then you see results like being the national player of the year. It's probably like, oh shit, okay, this is good news. You know, there wasn't any doubt in that. Let's go back to when you were sleeping on couches until two p.m. <laughs> and then eating a burrito at where Cosmic Cosmic Burrito. Is that what you said? Cosmic Cantina, yeah. Hey, Cosmic Cantina, great they, spot. They got great fucking burritos. <laughs> Cosmic Cantina and doing it. You think about quitting that? Were you done with basketball? You think is that why you were doing that, or you just needed time for yourself to figure life out? And what do you? How do you think that? Is that what you? It was doing? actually. It was actually six months prior, in December. I had called my my twin sisters. They live in Raleigh. They still do. I'd call them over. I said, I need you guys to come over to campus. They met me at. Uh, some chicken place on campus. I can't remember the name of the place. Chicken I think canteen. it's still there. Yeah. Uh, chicken great chicken canteen. sandwiches. But yeah. I, they met me there for dinner, and I told them, I want to quit. I don't think this is for me. Legitimately, I think these words came out of my mouth. I just want to be a normal person and write poetry. Think about that. <laughs> normal. Think about that. It's very normal. Yeah, it's actually <laughs> kind of poetic. Uh, it's pretty. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Very weird. Very weird. So I, it had been brewing for a while. You have to understand something. You have to understand something. Let's let's go back basically 20 years. Actually, let's go back 30 years. I, all I want to do is play at Duke. I spend 10 years working, training, dreaming. It happens. I get to Duke. And I get to Duke, and every fucking person in the country that's not a Duke fan hates my gut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, quickly. And I'm like, and I'm like, I this is not what I signed up for. And as a your, your your ego structure as an eighteen year old is still developing. I was not help, I did not have a healthy enough ego ego to deal with that, and so I just was constantly looking to escape and cut corners and make excuses. And luckily, my sisters talked me out of it. But I still had to go through that whole thing my sophomore year. It sucked. It sucked. Yeah, and I. Hey, by the way, shout out to you for. I don't know how often you've told this story. And once again, I'm not as good of a host as you, so I, this is probably some research I could have found out all of this stuff, but. I mean, sometimes when you get to the top of the mountain, the view isn't as good as you thought it was going to be. That can be quite a letdown. I'm happy that you were able to turn that around and, you know, kind of, I feel like you enjoyed the hate there towards the end of it. Yeah, you had to have. I mean, people hated you just because you were Duke. You were J.J. Reddick. You were dating all these A-listers. You were partying. And you never missed the fucking free throw. Wow. I mean, you, you just buy into that. And then did you hear what everybody said? 
uh, going to the NBA, like, ah, oh, this dude ain't going to be able to transition from college game to the NBA. He can't create his own shot and all that stuff. Is that stuff that you heard? And uh, how did you kind of battle through that? And what did you do in preparation for the NBA? And how has your game changed? Well, I certainly heard it. It's it's hard. It's unavoidable, especially when you're 21 and you're checking NBADraft.net every day to see where you're projected to go. Um, How much money? And then you'd, I'd go, I'd go talk to teams in between my senior year and the draft, and they would tell me all my weaknesses. And um, I, I always felt though that I had a realistic sort of approach of who I was as a player. And I always said if I can maximize who I am as a player, which is an elite shooter, uh, someone who's better conditioned than anyone on the court, someone who competes every night, I think that's an underrated skill. I, I like to call it competitive stamina, being able to sustain your competitive spirit night to night, game to game, season to season. I was able to do that for 15 years. That's a that's a skill that not everybody has. Concur. Um, I concur. And so and so I kind of I kind of bought in, especially early on in my career when it didn't go well. I just sort of doubled down on that. I'm a competitor. I can really shoot the basketball. I know I have some weaknesses. Let me work on those. So what I did was I got I got stronger. I got in even better shape. Uh, I studied film. I learned every nuance of NBA defensive concepts there was. And I decided I've got to be perfect on that end. I may not be able to stay in front of every guy or contest LeBron James shots, but all of the game plan stuff, I got to be perfect. Hey, your form, though, also. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, you shuffled like a son of a bitch. I, I don't know if you slapped the wood every single time, but... I would love to see you right now go play pickup games at like an LA Fitness, Ooh. you know, and some young like 18-year-old kid has no idea what a J.J. Redick is somehow, and you just kind of get picked last on the thing, and then it's just like, nope, you're not scoring. <laughs> you're not scoring. See, that's the difference, though, I think. You know, everybody obviously on the offensive side, I assume you're going to be able to shoot forever. I mean, they yeah. say shooters can shoot forever. But on the defensive side, like that is where people showcase how dominant they are, I think, personally, as an athlete. Like I wasn't that great of a basketball player. I'll go play in LA Fitness, though. I will shut a motherfucker down. Like I, I, this is, I'm nowhere yeah. near as good of basketball as you are. So I think you buying into the D in three concept was a smart one. And then 15 years later, the competitive stamina you speak about how, do you try to, like, give that to other players? Because it felt like you were almost becoming a mentor, right? I don't know enough in that whole thing. And then down to Pelicans. Yeah. Oh, boy. I embraced, I embraced that role. And, and so there was a few Get things. Get Zion out of there, by the way. Jeez. <laughs> Anyways, go on. I'm staying out of that one. Yeah, smart. I could say one. that. You, yeah, I'm yeah, staying yeah. out of that one. Yeah, your words. No, I, I, I embrace the role of being a mentor. I think the competitive spirit thing is huge. I, I think having a routine is big, too. That was something that I tried to instill in all the young guys that I came across towards the end of my career. I developed this amazing routine. Again, it started probably when I was at Duke in between my uh, sophomore and junior year. Um, but your confidence, your ability to bounce back from bad shooting nights or a, a, a losing streak, it all comes from that routine and that it really what gives you that sense of normalcy. Pat, I just want to tell one quick story. I've told this a couple times publicly, but I just love this story so much when you talk about the LA fitness thing. So my, uh, I think it was my junior year at Duke. Uh, I was dating a girl from uh, Minneapolis. Uh, we dated a little bit my senior year as well. So the summer between my junior and senior year, I went up to stay with her family in Edina, Minnesota, and we went to her local uh, LA fitness or whatever it was at the time. And her brother's rebounding me for like an hour. And there's a dude on the side. He keeps watching. He's my age. He keeps watching me shoot. 
I finish up my shooting workout, I get done. He comes over to me and he says, hey, man, I played D2 at, uh, I don't know, Pembroke State. I don't know the school. But he's like, I played D2. He's like, I know you can shoot the ball, but I don't think you can take me off the dribble. There it is. And I said, okay, what are we doing here? And he said, we'll play make it, take it to 11. And I said, great. I beat that motherfucker 11-0. And all I did was drive past him. I don't think I shot a jump shot. Hey, how good did that feel? That had to feel so good. I, I think I've met so like good. I think I've met like six or seven of you, like in my past. You know, like yeah. throughout football. There's only a couple people that are built the way you're built. Instead of, you know, having that moment where you're an actual student and a human having a good time, flipping a switch, remembering who you are, going on a run, and then feeling that you do have to prove yourself to everybody, basically. Like, I love that. And the ability to continue and sustain doing that is a differentiator. And I, I think every sport's looking for it. So, you probably, were you a football player? I mean, everybody in basketball that's like a point guard or athletic, they always say, especially at a Duke, who's that? Greg Paulson. Greg Paulson, yeah. Uh, Sling it. Yeah, hey, this guy, he number one overall pick is quarterback, too. He went to Syracuse through like 10 picks or something like that. But, like, <laughs> did you play football as well? You can't say anything about that, but I can. <laughs> Did you play football as well or no? No, I didn't play football. I, my parents wouldn't let me. I was I was so skinny as a kid. They just would not let me play football. And then one year, one year, beginning of eighth grade, they were like, you can play football this year. So I'm getting ready. I'm like a month away from, uh, you know, August training camp, two weeks before school starts. And I broke my wrist. And then I got my cast off, and a week later I broke my other wrist. So oh, football was out after that. And I had broken playing basketball. So I just football was done after that. I played baseball, though, and I like to joke, Pat, I had a cannon, and there's a good chance I would have been a, a big league pitcher. Yeah. I, I, I would, there's a good chance. There's ace. a good chance. Probably would have been an ace, by the way, especially with your mentality and mindset. I assume you would have been in there just just every day, all day. How many Tommy Johns can you get that you broke both your wrists or a basketball player? That seems like that's... JJ, you're an interesting guy, man. The old man in the three, is that weekly? By How many? How often do we put that out? The old man in the three podcast, we put it out weekly. We have a bunch of bonus episodes. I think in year one, we put out 65 episodes, so do the math there, a little over one a week. Uh, we do a bunch of different Check guests, out. NBA guys, politicians, entertainers. We just had Gabrielle Union on. Uh, this past week, we had Kyle Korver on. P.J. Tucker was the week before. We do a bunch of different things on the show. We had a leadership series last year that was super fun. Bob Iger came on. Um, so it's a, it's a, it's been a lot of fun to sort of build that build build out that uh, that show in in this space. I only in talking to you here for like fifteen minutes. I assume that that show is unbelievable. I can't wait to check it out. Um, you speak of Kyle Korver. Do you, him, Mike, uh, who else, uh, Ray? Uh, Steph, Reggie. Seth Curry. Do you guys ever just have your own meeting away from cameras and just figure it out who's the best fucking shooter out here? Do you guys ever do that or no? Has there ever been a thought of that? And who do you think is the best shooter right now, ever? All right. Well, so, Durant, so, so to answer thing. your question, no, nothing, nothing formal away from the cameras, but like any industry and any craft, you're competitive against your peers but you also learn stuff from them. So there's a bunch of guys, whether it's Kyle, Clay, that I've either taken stuff from uh, through film or taken stuff from directly, having conversations with them. But look, Steph Curry's the best shooter of all time. It's not even close. Okay. It's not even close. All right. And give, mean, give flowers to Ray and Reggie and Clay Thompson and Kyle. Those are probably my other four guys that are in the top five ever. But it's, it's Steph, and then there's a, a rung of those four guys below him. 
Hey, I concur. His shoe game's getting much better too. Those oh, first, yeah. those first couple editions, those things were, those are grass cutters. Yeah, the, oh, yeah. the nursing shoes. The, the remember the shoes that came out that looked oh. like nursing shoes. Oh yeah, you got killed for those. Yeah, but you know he has since. He it, by the way, if you can make shots in those, I mean you're a fucking guy. I think that should <laughs> even be added in there as maybe an asterisk. Also, also shot in grass cutters. Go yeah. ahead, Todd. JJ, after Coach K leaves, do you think Duke is established enough now where like they're always going to be good, or is it possible that they have a couple, you know, dark years here? Like now that he is, you know, not in the equation anymore. That's a great question. I'm very confident in John Shire. One thing he has proven is that he can recruit, and to be a good college basketball team, you need good players, and and I think he's going to continue to get good players in the same way that. UNC had to transition away from Dean Smith. Um, you know, I, I, I think that's probably the most similar scenario here where maybe there's a few years, and hopefully it's John for the next 40, but, but there might be a few years where it's, it's, it's a little bit different. But what the, the brand that Coach K has built at Duke University, I think, will last as long as college basketball lasts in whatever form college basketball is in because we all know it's probably going to change a little bit over the next five to ten years with NIL stuff and uh, conference realignment, but uh, the, the brand coach is built will last forever. You know, what's interesting is I don't know much about college basketball aside from the money that I've lost betting on college basketball games. The Here in Indiana, they Bob Knight, that era of basketball is still the standard that a lot of the Indiana fans judge the modern basketball to. So, uh, and that's why I think Indiana is such a basketball state is because they like legit love fundamentals. They like love the grit and the grind, like go ahead and run this thing. They love the intensity, the bot, and that's how they judge, I think, because of how great that run was on the court for Bob Knight. I assume that's what it's going to be for Duke forever. It is going to be yeah. like, hey, this is what the expectation is for everybody, and you got to get here or get off the ship. It's just, what do you think about the high school kids getting paid now and maybe these agencies starting leagues? Do you think that's going to affect college basketball at all as much as I think it's going to? I think it'll actually be better for college basketball, to be honest with you. I think the one and done of the last 15 years, this era has completely uh, tarnished and and hurt the college basketball product. So the idea that kids now have optionality, whether it's overtime elite, the G League at night, of course, going overseas is an option, but I don't think that's going to be necessary anymore because they can find payment and a market here in the United States. Uh, Maybe they stick around college longer. Maybe we, we end up with a team like Duke or Kentucky having an older team one year. So much of this parody and, and this up and down with college basketball the last 15 years is because uh, most of the blue blood programs are getting kids for one year and they're out. And there's really not a lot to learn in one year. It's it's tough. I, it took me four to figure it out. Uh, or maybe maybe three. Oh, you know, two, two, two and a half to three. But it took me a while to figure it out. And I had all the pedigree coming out of high school and, and it took me a while to figure it out. And I, I think... I think if kids can stick around for one or two, you know one one or two more years than just their freshman year, it'll help. It'll help college basketball. Yeah, and if they're getting paid, they have a reason to. Yeah, and if you because if you don't get a good class, like the blue blood program could be, you're done. You just one class potentially is all you need in this modern. Because if you get yeah. who's that team over Gonzaga? Yep, mm-hmm. right. The Gonzaga has like the uh, the old school mentality. It feels like at this point. Uh, go ahead, Connor. Yeah, JJ. Let's say it's mid April and LeBron and KD they both oh, call yeah. you, and maybe the Nets and oh. the Lakers need a shooter. Is there a chance you're taking one more shot at it, or what? 
You know what's funny? My wife and I were talking about this last night, and she's like, I don't think you're really retired. <laughs> Listen, I can say this. What's the Mike Tomlin thing he went on the other day? There's Never not. say never, but not. I can say never, that's me. Like The only time I will play basketball is if it's with my two sons. I'm done playing. Uh, yeah, I'm you're done. not going to let so them I, win. And huh? I'm happy. I'm very happy. You're not going to let your kids win either, huh? No way. Never. Yeah. Never. We play full. We we have this uh, like uh, sort of a caged outdoor soccer court uh, out on Long Island uh, in the park next to our house, and I take them out there. We play full court soccer. Kai, my youngest, is always the goalie. Knox has to score on me. I never let them beat me. Never. <laughs> like that dominate. Kid, like that kid at Pembroke State, dude. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hey, you're gonna get it just like this kid at the YMCA in Minnesota. Go ahead, Diggs. JJ, you obviously played with Ben Simmons, so there's no one. Better to ask about the situation that's going on with Philadelphia right now. What's your what's your just your takeaway for right now with Ben Simmons and the Sixers? I'd like to see Ben playing. That's just me uh, as a basketball fan because I think he brings so many amazing things to the table, and I I, I would love to see Philly win a championship. And I don't know that they can win a championship without him. Uh, I I also think. Ben is, is not blameless in this, and the Philly organization is not blameless in this. It's, it's a huge mess. I hope it gets resolved sooner rather than later. I want to see Ben back on the court. And, uh, you know, I know he's dealing with some mental health stuff as well. So I just I wish him the best, but I want to see him back on the court. I'm a, I'm a fan of his game. I'm a fan of him as a competitor. I think he's arguably the most versatile defender in the NBA. And that includes Draymond Green, by the way. No offense to Draymond because Draymond is a defensive genius. But Ben can literally guard one through five. Uh, I don't know that Draymond's going to be chasing around Trey Young in a playoff series, which Ben did last year. Hey, Trey Young's awesome. Uh, Trey Young is, dude. Can we just uh, anybody who just embraces the villain role? Oh. I'm rolling with that guy. I'm rolling with that guy. Anybody that goes right to the star, you know, in the middle of uh, Madison Square Garden, basically yeah. mm-hmm. after getting spit on in the middle of a pandemic and going "fuck you," and then he came back to SmackDown. In Madison Square Garden, <laughs> and bullied somebody that was—I mean, it was just—I'm a big fan of his. That next generation. Let's talk about Zion real quick before we get out of here. Okay. And I can't. What do you want to know? What do you want to know? He's my guy. I fucking love him. I—I I, I need to get him out. Why of Why do you? Why do you say though he has to leave New Orleans? He's never on TV, JJ. <laughs> the Pelicans are never on TV. Front office. Ever get him on TV? Let's get all the teams are. Making plays right now, right? Everybody's making a play in the NBA. You know the game. I know the game. We know the game. It's superstar-driven league, but a lot of teams are kind of – there's no way they, – they didn't make the playoffs last year. One team didn't make the playoffs. It was them <laughs> last year. I mean, the playoffs are national TV. Two years ago for the bubble, they reconstructed the whole bubble just to get Zion in the bubble, and then they got, boom, right out of that whole thing. I mean, let's let's – it might be Zion's fault. Obviously, I, I've heard rumors about maybe the off the court stuff, but he's never going to be on. Prime, he's never going to be a primetime guy in New Orleans, is he? You think? I mean, he is a primetime guy in terms of being on a championship level team. I mean, it, that, that's hard to build. There's 30 teams in the NBA. There's maybe five or six championship contenders in a given season, and there's maybe three or four championship contenders at a time in a given three- to four-year era. So it's very difficult. That's just about 10% of the teams. It's very hard to build a championship-level team in any city, period. Um, you know, I saw a stat the other day. When Zion plays, the Pelicans are still under 500, oh, right? So, you know, some of it is he's he's got to probably, 
get a little more help, and some of it is he's got to get healthy and, and get in shape. I mean, that's that's not a secret there. The, with the amount of force that he plays with, jumping up and down, you put you know this from being around the NFL. The amount of force that some of these guys are able to generate, it puts a lot of strain on your joints, on your knees, on your hips, on your ankles, on your hamstring. And if you're not fine-tuned like a fucking Ferrari, it's it can be a problem. That car may break down every now and then. And that leads to more problems. How come it's not happening then? What, why won't he? You think? Is he just he he thinks he can do whatever because he's always been able to, and he has success on the court. I think he's like oh, shooting yeah. like eighty percent or something like that. Is that why you think? Well, you'll have to ask him that. But I would say this: I would say put on your I'm, pundit hat, JJ. No, but listen, I, I need to be old man I'm in the 18, three. Jay. Nineteen years old, and something has worked for me my whole life. Right? Why would I need to change? Yeah. It. it, it in a degree, to a degree, you could make sort of a parallel argument for the Ben Simmons situation with his shooting. I was a high school All-American. I was an All-American at LSU. I was Rookie of the Year. I've made an All-Star game. I've been All-NBA. Why the fuck do I need to change how I play? <laughs> right? It's real. So I, I, I get I get sort of the, the hesitation to sort of change, but... The, the physical part is hard, man. And we, t- I, you know, we brought this up earlier. That change that I had to make, and that change that I had to then uh, act out and live for the next seventeen years—my last two years at Duke and fifteen years in the league—that's hard, man. Yeah, that is hard. No and fun. That first time you make that commitment, that first change from going to—I've uh, uh, been eating too many. <laughs> Biscuits and gravy oh. and cosmic cantina oh, you, and yeah. Bojangles. Yeah. yeah. And I'm I you know, I was two twenty five and I started my at the end of my sophomore year, I was starting my junior season at one ninety two. You know how hard that summer was? It was one of the hardest the hardest three or four months of my life. Mentally, too, probably, I'd assume, right? I mean, yeah, I, it is not 100%. easy to get that. And, and some people might never understand because I've had teammates that didn't like eating. Like, they actually didn't enjoy eating. So they had to force themselves to eat so they could keep on weight. And I'm like, I have no idea how that is how your brain and taste buds <laughs> operate. My taste buds are so much better than yours because I, <laughs> yeah. I enjoy food and I enjoy this and I've had success. It's very difficult. So hopefully he'll buy into the commitment because the entire world deserves to see Zion ball out and i can't wait to see and listen to the old man in the three podcast jj you have been fantastic here we appreciate you well thank you for having me on i'm glad we got this done i know we had this scheduled a couple months ago and something came up so i'm I'm glad this worked out guys thank you so much for having me on we're thankful for you jj it's been fun man let's do it again let's do it again all right hey let's do it tomorrow (laughs) see you tomorrow (laughs) all right jj ready So sorry to interrupt, but I want to let you know that if you're not gambling with FanDuel, you're wrong. Okay, FanDuel Sportsbook is available in uh, seven states, I believe, at this point. Uh, six, seven, eight. You get it. If you're not gambling with FanDuel Sportsbook, though, you're completely wrong. And if we're not in your state yet, we are coming to your state. We have better odds. We have a much easier to use app. The convenience is next level. The people at FanDuel actually refund people when they shouldn't refund people, giving back hundreds of millions and millions of dollars to their users users FanDuel Sportsbook is the best sports book going for a lot of reasons most of them what I just said 
Uh, we are very thankful for our partnership with FanDuel, obviously. There are so many different ways to win. There's more things to bet on. Their boosts seem to always hit, which is just fucking themselves over time and time again. Uh, we love the hell out of FanDuel Sportsbook, and you will too. If you haven't used it yet, use it now. Nah. Also, there's fantasy on there, daily fantasy, and free-to-play games where you can win money. Shout out to FanDuel. Shout out to you. Let's get back to the show. Oh, we got to do our entire slate pick. Here yep. we go. This is it. Here we go. We All have right. to do this. Here we go. Hey, AJ. Go, last week you won 10 and 5. What? What? 10 and 5. What? 10 and 5 somehow whenever the entire world flipped upside down in the NFL slate. Backup quarterbacks came in and broke records. There was teams losing that we could have never imagined except for one man. AJ Hawk found a heater and decided to smoke that thing yet again. Early in the season, he was hot. Then he got cold. Now he's red hot on fire. And although the same game parlay did not hit last night, I believe it's pretty apparent I did pick the Colts minus 10.5. That's, That's right. right. I mean, you never officially said it, but yeah, we'll give it yeah, to you. Yeah, he did. AJ. Check the tapes. Check the tapes. We will. I'll and give it to you. You're right. Hey, first off, you know. You, or either way, you were going to take whatever one because you know they, they should have covered. The, the tip pick at the end, let's get real. That's that a was, joke. Okay. That's a joke. You saw mad Josh Johnson. Like, come on now. So you were just going to take whatever happened. So yeah. I understand. I would have done the same thing. So you're 1-0 this week. Okay. Huh? All right. Good. Because definitely, if they don't I'm cover. I knew that's the first thing I thought of when we hung up yesterday. I'm like, oh, he never gave a pick. So he's going to be 1-0 no matter what. Yeah, bingo. <laughs> yeah, because if, uh, if the Jets cover there. Josh Johnson throws for 300. I go, well, I moved it down to five and a half. For a reason. I mean, for a reason, you know. But that didn't happen. Colts won. (laughs) Team that I always, I always. 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 Tried and true. Yeah, so I'm 1-0, dude. 1-0. But that doesn't matter, okay? You being 0-1, me being 1-0 means absolutely nothing. Because what have you done for me lately? What will you do on Sunday is all that matters on Overreaction Monday. Let's get to the slate, shall we? Texans. Dolphins. Texans. Getting five and a half points going down to hot Miami. Your thoughts? Tyrod Taylor is back in action for the Texans. A.J. Hawk, your thoughts with Tua, B-Flow, Chris Greer, the Dolphins in disarray, and the Texans coming to 10. I would definitely have gone with the Dolphins here, but with Tyrod coming back, I like Tyrod. What he can do, Texans plus five and a half. Bingo, give me uh, the Texans as well with Tyrod. He owes me push-ups. Mm-hmm. So maybe he'll do those in the game this weekend. But also Laramie Tunzel. Ooh. Right? Yeah. yeah. Is he still on the Texans? Oh, yeah. yeah. Laramie Tunzel has come out and said, I think I'm the best tackle in the game. I think I'm the best tackle in the game, but I never get the credit because of what happened on draft day where a video was released of him hitting a gas mask. Okay? A gas mask is a uh, fighter pilot mask that has a steamroller attached to the end of it where you light vitamins, you inhale vitamins, you take the steamroller out. Now, within the fight, he did not take the, I think he was actually had a bong on the end. Oh, yeah, he did. did. I think he had an actual bong. The actual thing is a steamroller, which is, you know, kind of standard operation. He went next step up there, bong, but I don't think he ever cleared it. So, I mean, there is a full conversation to be had. Whatever the case is, he had a fighter pilot mask on, entrapped in there was just vitamin smoke. It is... A direct shot to the moon. Okay, I've been around a couple gas masks in my day. I feel like I have a pretty good um, sense of what is strong vitamins, what is not. The gas mask will send you to Pluto. 
Okay, it will happen. It is quite an experience. You got to strap it up, though. I mean, you got to yeah. go in there. He did that, and he says that because that video came out on draft night, he. Be, all, right, all, right, all right, we didn't have to put that. I mean, he's literally good finds. You know, that was the particular mask uh, that he hit with the bong in the bottom and the whole thing, which is you're describing so well. By the way, a bong first. and a gas mask is hilarious. Cool. I mean, that is as your two best plays coming yeah. right back. Back to back. And he said that because of that, he has been judged improperly as not being the best tackle in the game. And I would like to let him know and set the record straight that on that particular evening when I saw that video and he did not cough one time, okay? And I'd heard about how athletic he was, how powerful he was. But then when I witnessed his cardio fortitude of being able to handle a bong gas mask with no cough at all, I texted Chuck Pagano and said, this guy might be the most in-shape person that has ever come through the world. He might have the strongest lungs on earth. And I know potentially PR-wise, you're going to have to deal with this for the next couple hours maybe. But I need to let you know, via my scouting of Laramie Tunsil, and I didn't see him run a 40 or anything like that. I've only seen one video. Via my scouting of Laramie Tunsil, he's going to be a guy. That is a guy you would like to have around. If he can handle that and not cough or anything... Sign him up. Turns out, I probably was right. I should probably do more scouting. And maybe we should add something to the combine where you have everybody mm -hmm. strap it up mm -hmm. to a bong gas mask to test the cardiovascularness of everybody. I mean, I think you might be onto something here. You really, his, he showed amazing lung capacity right there, too. Like that's what was most impressive. Yeah, and it seemed like he... I mean, he was comfortable doing it, yeah. too. He kind of knew I'm, the ins oh, and yeah. outs. It seemed like he knew the ins and outs. Yeah. So I mean, that's equal to – is that the same as a video of him underwater for five minutes holding yes. his breath like Chris Angel? I would say probably bonging. So, like, bonging a beer. I think, like, bonging maybe, like, a six-pack. Yeah. That'd be a similar video. Yeah. <laughs> but, yes, you're talking about cardio-wise, lung-wise, him holding his breath underwater for maybe six minutes or something <laughs> like that would be a great comparison, I think, to his lungs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, you're, we're, so we're both saying Houston plus five and a half. Hard. Hell yeah. Yeah, especially because Miami shipped them out of town. Oh, that's yeah. right. Revenge game. Revenge game. Uh, let's go to the Broncos and the Cowboys. Nine and a half points are the Cowboys favored yeah. by at home. Your thoughts? Why, why does the spread have to be so big? I mean, I'm taking Cowboys <laughs> here at minus nine and a half. I don't like these big spreads. Hey, Cowboys ride on Broncos. Hell yeah. Especially this weekend. They're some of the best team to ever saddle a horse right now, too, down there in Dallas. <laughs> and I think those Cowboys will ride and cover the nine and a half, especially with Dak all the way back. Shout out to TVG. Mike, uh, Patriots. I, saw, I told you we're gonna be able to work it in. Wait till you see what I do tonight on SmackDown. I'm gonna get that thing. <laughs> I'm gonna get that thing in there somehow. There's sometimes where I will be about to speak. By the way, I stop and I start laughing into the microphone almost. And Michael Cole looks at me sometimes like, "Is everything okay?" And I'm like, "Well, you should have heard what was about to get tied together. <laughs> what was about to get tied together there? I don't know if it would have made sense." Uh, Patriots, Panthers. A revenge game here, Stephon Gilmore. They're getting three and a half yeah. at home. This is also a Lombardi Bowl. Oh, it is. Okay. I, I Unfortunately, I'm going to have to stay here with Connor. I'm going Patriots minus three and a half. Me you. too. Bill Belichick. Yeah, it's not you. You're not on the team, Connor. Just, cool. He was kind of the last night he wore the Mac Jones jersey into a Colts Jets game. Damn right. I mean, that was, that was aggressive. And he, by the way, a lot of hurt, a lot of... <laughs> 
You know, oh, Connor. Connor is that guy. Yeah, yeah, you're now, goddamn right. Yeah, Bill Belichick though is just going to say, oh, Stefan, I taught him everything. Let's just not throw it towards him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. wherever Stefan is, just Mac locking in. So I got the Patriots as well. This is kind of boring. We're on the same page, although I am already undefeated on a weekend and you are not. Vikings, <laughs> Ravens. <laughs> oh, okay, here we go. I think we could change up here. I got Vikings plus six. All right, I got Ravens minus six. Give me uh, Browns, Bengals plus two and a half, uh, minus two and a half for the Bengals at home. Oh, man. Do the Browns rally without Odell? Mm-hmm. I'm taking Bengals minus two and a half. Give it to Brownies. Ooh. Right. Okay. I love Joey Burrow, but Baker Mayfield has been taking a lot of shots. Yeah. Steve Smith last night on NFL Network, the channel that is owned by the NFL. So they are naturally having to speak in a certain way about things. Steve Smith says, give me which is this my cam is this is this my camera here? Is this my yeah, hey, right here. <laughs> Hey, Baker, this motherfucker's leaving because you stink, dude. <laughs> that was all. I Unreal. Mean, I mean, obviously, Baker's not going to like it, and I think Baker has the ability to win a lot of games, but just the fact that Steve Smith, who has a resume that can say that, said that last night, is the epitome of what it's like to be Baker Mayfield right now. I don't think he cowers away from those types of situations. I think he potentially is looking for those situations every week, maybe. And this is one that is very apparent. But Joe Burrow could potentially have a lot of shit to prove as well. I'm going to take Baker in the team just because there's so much shit happening in in Cleveland. Uh, let's go to the next game. Let's go to the Bills-Jags, 14 and a half. I learned my lesson betting on the Jags. I'm going to take Bills here, <laughs> minus 14 and a half. Yeah, give me the Bills. Unless they uh, got a team trip to the Pine House, I got the Bills. Uh-huh. And even though the Bills did look like they came out of Urban Meyer's Pine House to start that game against the Dolphins, yeah. fresh out of the bye week, looked like they were coming out. A little wobbly, little wobbly finger guns. <laughs> then they turn that thing up. Falcons, Saints. Falcons, Saints, six and a half for the Saints at home, starting Trevor, uh, Trevor Simeon. Trevor Simeon, Matt Man. Ryan, six and a half. Wow. Hilarious. I, mean, I think I've taken the Falcons every week this year, and I think they've. I haven't won with them yet this year, but. This is my week. I'm due. Falcons plus six and a half. Give wow. me the Falcons as well. This wow. is- Come on, man. Take the Saints. All right. I'll take the Saints minus six and a half. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm only doing that because literally as you were saying, come on and yelling at me, my brain was doing the same thing because I wanted I wanted the Colts. It's at six now, I guess. It's not six and a half. I wanted the Colts so bad last night because I thought with the film on Mike White, maybe they'd be able to expose him and everything like that. But Mike White started out. Red hot, and we have no idea if he would have been a good quarterback in week two or not. We have no idea how he would have done. Honestly, we have no clue. Now, that LaFleur offense should feel a lot better than how it looked against Zach Wilson because now Mike White, Josh Johnson, and the offense as a whole has had a lot of success against a couple really good teams these last couple weeks. They've lost because they stink inevitably, but they have had success. So maybe Simeon will be good. Maybe Simeon will be able to just pick right up where Drew Brees potentially left this offense before Jameis Winston, and maybe he'll be able to make some big-time plays. Taysom Hill also available, so he might be able to slide in a couple times. And Sean Payton said he's the next Steve Young, but, I mean, his actions have kind of followed up and said that Sean Payton doesn't necessarily view it that way. But we shall see. I got the Saints. Cool, I'll take the Saints. Let's go to the next game. Uh, Raiders, Giants. Raiders, right? We're both here. Yeah, Raiders minus three and a half. Henry Ruggs. Terrible, sad situation that is happening around that. That team seems to probably be rallying around that. That is incredibly emotional for everybody involved over there. Obviously, incredibly sorry about the two dogs and the person that passed away. That is terrible, 
can't be making those types of decisions. But Henry Ruggs, also one of their teammates for a long time, one of their friends for a long time, uh, he made a couple terrible decisions in a back-to-back time that changed the course of everybody's life over there. That could potentially rally a team. Not 100% sure, but I like the Raiders as well. Uh, Next game, Chargers-Eagles. Man, only one and a half here? Are you surprised by that? Yeah, give me the fucking Chargers, and we just walk right on to the next one, right? Chargers, yep. Yeah, Packers-Chiefs, seven and a half. Ooh, ooh, buddy. Jordan Love. Chiefs minus seven and a half. Give me the Packers plus seven. I think so. Okay. All right, give me the Cardinals-Niners. By the way, I think Chiefs win. Let's not get crazy. Yeah. I think Chiefs win. But seven and a half, I think Jordan Love will be able to do it. Aaron Jones, yeah. A.J. Dillon, mm-hmm. Devontae Adams is back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Chiefs so, Is yeah. the draft playing? Huh? Left tackle draft? Uh, I don't know. I haven't heard that. I doubt it. I yeah. think he is back. I think he is back. Oh, breaking? Okay, is that breaking news? I'm not sure. No, I don't know. I, I assumed he was back because didn't Aaron say last week uh, he's very, 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 very close? That's what I took from it. Yeah, okay, yeah. so maybe he's back. And it hasn't been news. Who knows? We'll find that out. But I like the Packers. Well, it's been overshadowed, obviously. But yeah. yeah, and also, here's another situation where everybody is killing their guy. And if you do recall, I think everybody in the locker room likes Aaron. And the coaches like mm-hmm. Aaron. Aaron's relationship with players and coaches have never kind of – think about that potentially. Or it could be a ma- – ah. Well, they've always known, so like Aaron said. Today. Yeah, give me the Packers. All right, here we go. Um, Cardinals, Niners. Oh, this is a great one. Give me the Cardinals plus two. You Kyler and D Hop. Yeah. Give me the Niners minus two. Wait, is Kyler out? That's and D Hop allegedly. The line has flipped because of that news potentially. So this is not. The, oh, that's why the Cardinals. That's are, that's yeah. the current line. Yes, but it opened as Cardinals minus the two. Or okay, so give me the Niners. Yeah, I'll have to take the Niners too. Even though the Cardinals had a loss on Thursday night, it's a long time ago. If Kyler and D Hop are out, though, that's a completely different team. What do they oh, even yeah. do? I don't even know what they Who do. Is their Colt backup McCoy. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So Ooh, Colts oh, is Colt sling it. Hey, he can sling it, but I don't think he can run around humans like Kyler can. I mean, nobody. Kyler's the only guy on the planet that can do what he does. George Kittle back for the Niners. So you would have to that. hope that what Colt McCoy and. Um, and A.J. Green get going? Because mm-hmm. A.J. Green has a lot to do, you know, after how that last game ended. I, I mean, A.J. Green. I think he's out as well. Oh, fuck. Give me the Niners. Let's move Jeez. along. I don't even know why we're talking about it anymore. Uh, Titans-Rams, Sunday night, last game of the week with four teams on bye here on this week nine. titans Ram is going to be an absolute sober knocker. A.J., you like the Titans plus seven in L.A.? I would, but you know what? This is Vaughn's debut, correct, for yeah. the Rams? He's uh-huh. going to be playing? Yeah, think so. And Derrick Henry's at? Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm going to have to take the Rams here. Bingo. All right. We just made the entire Sunday week slate. All right. That's the show. Thank you so much for listening, watching, interacting on Twitter, all that stuff. If you didn't see it in the show, hashtag big PMS feel good Friday. Pat's giving away 50K. Enjoy the NFL games this weekend. We appreciate you guys for listening, and we will see you on Overreaction Monday. Cheers. 